أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الذي لا يضر مع اسمه شيء في الأرض ولا في السماء وهو السميع العليم بسم الله مجريه ومرسائنا ربي لغفور الرحيم ربي أدخلنا مدخل صدق وأخرجنا مخرج صدق وجعلنا من لدنك سلطانا نصيرا جاء الحق وزهق الباطل إن الباطل كان زهوقا ربنا اجعل جمعنا هذا جمعا مباركا مرحوما واجعل لهم تفرقنا من بعده تفرقا معصوما ولا تجعل لهم فينا ولا معنا ولا منا شقيا ولا محروما يا رب زدنا ولا تنقصنا وآتنا ولا تحرمنا ووفقنا لما تحبه ترضى يا كريم وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد النبي الأمين وآله وسلم رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العغدة من لساني يفقه قولي رب أوزعني أن أشكر نعمتك التي أنعمت علي وعلى والدي ونعمل صالحا ترضى وأصلح لي في ذريتي إني تبت إليك وإني من المسلمين الفاتحة بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين مان الرحيم مالك يوم الدين إياك نعبد وإياك نستعين اهدنا الصراط المستقيم صراط الذين نعمت عليهم غير المغضوب عليهم ولا الضالين آمين جزاكم الله خير sorry about the confusion it was on then it was cancelled then it is on so it's good that it is on we are talking inshallah the last Sunday of this month now our topic today as by request from one of our brothers I was thinking where he is he said mashallah alhamdulillah it's to talk about dreams can I ask the sisters move forward we will talk about that in a minute. We'll talk about that in a minute. Uh, you'll dream in a minute, inshallah. <laughs> so your problem? <laughs> so our topic is talking about dreams. And to many people, dreams are insignificant, not important. But subhanallah, if anybody believes in Allah and believes in Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam and the word of Allah, the Quran, then must believe that a dream is a reality. Because Surah Yusuf, and from the beginning to the end, it speaks about dreams. So today, what we are going to speak about, what is a dream, and who can see a dream? And when is the time to see a good dream? And perhaps when is the time not to see a very good dream? And who should explain the dreams? What's the significance of dreams in our life? I'll try my best in the next hour or so to go through those issues and then we'll talk about real examples of dream or dreams. The Quran is the best word that from which we can get that which will make us feel certain that the truth can be found in anything in this life. So the truth of dreams can be realized in the Quran. Dreams in the Quran, literally, ru'a. Dreams, ru'a. The plural in Arabic is called ru'a. The singular of ru'a is ru'ya. Ru'ya. Now, in some of the writings of the scholars, it is also called hulm, singular hulm, and the plural is ahlam. Okay, but we'll explain the difference sometimes in 
حلم انا رؤيا بت اول ان ذا مينينج اف يو اوبن ذا ديكشنري ذا سيم حلم اذا دريم الرؤيا اذا دريم اوكي اند ذا قران دازنت منشن ذا دريم از حلم ذا قران منشنت ات از رؤيا اند ذا فور ذا ورد رؤيا كمز اوكي فروم راى يرى رؤيه اوكي رؤيا منشنت ان ذا قران ان فور سورز فور تايمز ان سوره يوسف which is the main surah that speaks about dreams. In Surah Al-Isra, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about dreams. In Surah Al-Safat, Allah speaks about dreams. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also speaks about dreams in Surah Al-Fatih. These four surahs. Surah Yusuf, to me, can answer all the questions about dreams because in it Allah gives us a different understanding of different situation where dreams has been seen and has been explained openly and who should be explaining them inshallah now it is reported by the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam that ar-ru'ya juz'un or juz'an من 46 جزءا من النبوة. The Prophet says that a dream is one over 46. Okay? One part out of 46 part of prophethood. As a mathematician, you can work out the percentage there. How much is that? But if you divide a prophecy that the Prophet sees by 46 portions, Your clear, vivid dream that you see is one out of 46. So your dream that you think is so vivid, if you multiply it 46 times, that's how powerful a prophecy is. Now, what are dreams? This is what we need to understand. What are they? What are ru'ah? What are dreams? Dreams are... The reality of the spirit traveling in other worlds, in the past or in the present or in the future, coming across different realities through that which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala teaches us how to go about our living and our life. So, you could see your dream in the past. You could see your dream in the present or you could see your dream in the future. This is no doubt about it. In the past, Allah could give you a chance to see yourself being born. You're standing there seeing literally your mother delivering you. Wow. Or you go even further than that. You see your parents are children. How could you see your parents are children where... You are seeing them today in the physical world as adults. The reality of today in the world that we live in, if you captured a video, a DVD, okay, of your parents or they have a picture being taken when they were young, you could see them as young. In the past, maybe it wasn't, but now it can. So if we can capture them by what we make by our own hands, it is all there. Nothing is missed out. Everything that we did, we said, is captured. But you need to go back and retrieve it. 
and find it. Sometimes you travel back to see the creation of any creation Allah created, if you are lucky enough. To see a prophet while he is delivering his message. To even maybe see what a battle was taking place between the prophet and others. You could be walking with the prophet in the valley of Badr or the valley of Uhud. All these things are possible in the past. In the present, you could see what is happening in your life, what is going on. Okay? And this is very, very important. This is what really needs to be taken seriously because from here you learn how to live your life, how to avoid certain situations and how to gain from other situations by seeing the reality of today. The future dreams also are important because in the future dreams you could see your place in paradise. You could see a difficulty that you're going to face in your life. You could see somebody whom you love, what is going to happen to them, what is coming your way, what is being given to you, or what is being taken away from you. All those things are possible. Every one of them. It is only you who can then realize the dream. But the dream sometimes doesn't come exactly like living life. Because sometimes the dream is strange. It doesn't mean anything. In fact, sometimes it is confusing. And in the confusion of the dream, there is a lot to learn. Alright? In Arabic, as I said, the dream is called Ru'ya. It is also called Hulm. In the Quran, Allah mentioned the word Ahlam. Okay? Ahlam. Okay? The plural. Dreams. But it is mentioned that the scholars say there is a little bit different between a dream and a dream. In Arabic, we have two words for the dream, ru'ya and hulm. They say a ru'ya, to see, to witness a dream, whether it's in the past, present, or future, it is usually from Allah who sustains you. Rahman, the beneficent. But Al-Hulm, which is another kind of a dream, is from Shaitan to confuse you, to misguide you, even sometimes to make you carry out steps in your life that will be damaging to what you're supposed to do. How we distinguish, according to what I'm going to tell you, then we'll tell you the reality. But don't Dismiss any ru'ya or any dream that you see. Don't dismiss it. In fact, you can make sure in your life that if you see your dreams properly, then they can become a guide for you. Who should see a dream? Some people, when somebody said, I saw a dream, say, ah, you can't see a dream. Why? You're not a pious person. Nonsense. Anybody can see a dream. Anybody can see a dream, whether you believe in God or you don't believe in God. A dream is a medium. Just like today having a satellite television, you could go to the chanty towns in Africa and Asia, in the middle of nowhere, you see big dishes. You go inside, people are watching all channels from all over the world. And you go to the richest places in the world, people who choose not to have a satellite, they have no dish. 
Maybe they don't even have a television. What I mean by that, Allah gives a chance to anybody to dream. However, some of us remember our dreams, some of us forget our dreams. Imam al-Ghazali mentioned a lot about forgetting dreams. In fact, generally, having a bad memory to him is something that we cause ourselves by doing silly things. And I will mention some of them, and then you can go and research the rest and learn not to have that kind of memory which makes you forget. This is one of the most important topics, I believe, today for people to understand because if we can understand the reality of dreams, then it, number one, we'll increase our Iman. Number two, it will make us take dreams seriously and if we are not remembering, don't say I don't dream, say I don't remember my dream because every one of us dreams. Because dreams are a real life in a parallel world whereby suddenly you are taken off your physical body and you are allowed to travel. So, when do you dream? You dream when you are in the state of sleep. Or between the state of sleep and awaken. Bodies. When if your body is awake, but you are in, your physical body could not carry you, you are so tired, you could also dream. That state between being awake and being asleep, it can be a good time to dream. Or, the most shocking thing, you dream when you are awake. So you could see your dream while you are asleep, or in the state between sleeping and being awake, or when you are fully awake, you could see dreams. The best dream that you see is when you are fully awake. But this is only for the privileged few. Not everybody can see a dream like that. Very, very few people have these dreams, and it is from Allah. That means they are present. Somehow, he's connecting them to see at all times and to be able to appreciate what is taking place in their life. The best times to see a dream is before the break of dawn, the last part of the night. This is when you see the real dream. Also, at the time when we have a qaylula, siesta, in the afternoon. Because some people don't sleep at night. So Allah is giving them an alternative time. Qaylula, usually, between, between dhuhr and asr, that time. If you manage to have a little bit of a nap at that time, and you dream, your dream is in good position. They say also, if your dream happened to be in the season, okay, when fruits okay, are produced, whether you are in Arabia at the time when the dates are being picked, or in England when any kind of fruit is being okay, produced in the market fresh, that's a very good time to see dreams. Some of the scholars, not all the scholars say, the dreams that are not really good or weak in their nature are the dreams that are seen in winter. I haven't came across any explanation why, but my own inclination in winter, when a person usually 
is trying his best to keep himself warm and they get very tired when they sleep you sleep too deep okay and very rarely you are able and you know subhanallah sometimes people might come across this kind of condition you wake up from your sleep you know you were dreaming but your dream seems to be a distant far you want to bring it back but you can't you have a little bit of a glimpse of it you want to go and get it you want to pull it but you can't it's too far that means at the time when you were traveling your spiritual body was weak a vivid dream is seen okay at a time where your body spiritually spiritual body inside your ruh is strong and all your functions of hearing and seeing through the spirit are awakened so you see properly you hear properly you feel properly everything you could see the reality of the thing or something to point out the reality another thing you should never ever 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 explain your own dreams or ask anybody to explain your dreams because the quran tells us otherwise dreams are explained by people whom allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them that gift the quran tells us about yusuf allah has given him the gift of interpreting dreams nobody else is being given. but in our time now people say but yusuf is not here muhammad sallam is not around who are we going to ask to interpret our dreams these are qualities that you need to think about so that people can help you in interpreting dream number one as a muslim the person who should interpret your dream somebody who have knowledge of the quran if the person is knowledgeable of the Quran, that's fine because the Prophet used the Quran as means of explaining okay, the ru'ya or the dream. Number two, somebody who is aware of the hadith of Rasulullah. Some scholars go further to say the person should be memorizing a lot of the hadith because some of them could be means of interpreting the dreams. Number three, okay, somebody who should be eloquent in understanding the arabic language because the quran and the hadith are in arabic you can't go to the translation and then somebody might ask me the question and say look but i could dream in my own language what does it got to do with it whether you dream in your own language or you dream in arabic whatever language you dream in at the end of the day if the interpretation is from the quran or from the sunnah of muhammad the person who is interpreting should understand the Quran and the Sunnah and they are in Arabic language. Why? Because the Prophet taught many of the companions okay, that this is the way to interpret. And I'll give you some examples. The person also should be khabir in the condition of the human beings in his time and in his area where he lives. Somebody who is aware of the social fabric of the society he lives with. You can't interpret dreams about people whom you don't know. Imagine if suddenly somebody ring you, okay, from a jungle in South America, or from Alaska, okay, or somebody from, okay, uh, Siberia. I don't know anything about Siberia. It would be wrong to try to interpret the dream of that person there unless you are aware of their conditions. Do they say, 
people of the area, just like the fatwa in Sharia. I can't tell the ring a scholar somewhere else in a different country and say to him, give me a fatwa about England or London today. It's wrong. We should have our own fatwa for where we live because the conditions are different as the Prophet taught the companions. He should be able to understand if he was taught how to judge the situations and give the closest ta'bir or meaning for what is being seen by the person. This person should be a person who is always seen to be acting upon the right, eating the halal, striving to do the right and good things. Should be truthful and honest. If they are not, then there is difficulty. The most important, however, they should have a good sound character. Yeah? The Prophet the highest in interpreting dream for the companions, but behind him comes Abu Bakr Sadiq, Umar ibn Khattab, Uthman ibn Affan, Ali ibn Abi Talib, Hassan ibn Ali, Hussein ibn Ali. All those people were known for interpreting dreams. However, if the person interprets a dream according to what he knows, the dream falls according to his interpretation. That's why I said you should not interpret it yourself if you don't know, or ask somebody who doesn't know to interpret it. If suddenly you see a dream and you come to the first person and said to me, tell me about my dream, I want to know what I said. Oh, I'm so sorry, you're going to die. <laughs> you might die. An example of this, a woman in the Prophet's time came rushing to Prophet worried. And with him sitting in the gathering are the great companions. And among them, Ali ibn Abi Talib, who was very eloquent okay, in the knowledge of Islam. So, subhanAllah, Abu Bakr Sadiq was sitting with Uthman, Ali, uh, Umar ibn Khattab, and the lady was crying. Said, what wrong with you? Rasulullah, I saw a dream that worries me. What did you see? He said, I was standing in the middle of the courtyard of my house. In all hot countries, you have courtyards. And there is a big fence around, built wall. But while I'm looking, the whole fence around the house just collapsed. And I don't know what that means. It was short, clear, and vivid. I'm seeing it as if I was awake. The Prophet tell me about your husband. Where is he? And the lady said, he's traveling, and he often travels for a longer period, then come back to visit me. He said to her, go home, prepare yourself, for he is back to see you. Doesn't make sense. A wall collapsed, but her husband is returning. But the Prophet made the link that way. This is his interpretation. She went home, she prepared herself, she was so happy, rejoicing. A few days later, her husband came back, spent a few days or weeks with her, and then he traveled. Time passed by. The same woman saw the same dream. So she rushed to the mosque to tell the Prophet the news, to hear from him the good news. But he was not there. He was away. Who was there? The four. Khulafa. Bakr, Umar, Uthman, and Ali. They were sitting. Radwanullahi ta'ala alayhim. When they saw her, said, Sister, what can we do for you? She said, no, never mind. 
I came to see Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He is not here. Tell us, what do you want? She was reluctant. But when they pushed, I said, I saw a dream. She said, tell us. We will explain to you. So she said her dream to them. It was the same one. One of them. Many say it is Ali, but one of them says, well, go back home, prepare yourself, for you will hear the news of your husband dying or died. She cried and she rushed away. While she's rushing out, the Prophet was coming back. What's wrong with him? She told him the story. And they were listening. Ya Rasulullah sallallahu I saw the same dream. I came to tell you. I wanted to know the news. And what did they say? They told me my husband will die. He says, well, if you saw the same dream and they put it in that way, definitely for sure, go and prepare your husband for going to die. And for you, Weeks later, her husband, okay, came and died. What does this mean? The dream is interpreted by people in different ways, and it will always fall according to the interpretation of those who interpret it. So you need to be very careful who hears your dream and who interprets your dream. The second thing, we should not go out of our way telling our dreams to people. The Prophet taught us, and the Quran is teaching us every day when we read the Quran in Surah Yusuf. When Yusuf السلام, was young, in a family of many, many children, and their father was one of the noble prophets, Yaqub or Israel, son of okay, Ishaq or Isaac, son of Ibrahim or Abraham, he used to sit and gather his children and ask them, Talk to me about your spiritual status. And the best way to explain that is to speak about your dreams. And Yusuf always is ready to tell. And his father advised to him, Ya Bunaya, la ala ikhwatika. Oh my son, do not relate your dreams to your brothers. Because he noticed, he is always seeing the gems of the best spiritual world, dreaming about the best dreams. And of course, there is jealousy. And look at that jealousy of just him relating his beautiful dreams. What did his brothers do? Left him for dead. They threw him in the well. Initially, they wanted to kill him. Unless some of them said, no, we cannot kill him. So they threw him in the well, which is more dangerous. Alhamdulillah, he did not die. He was taken out. He was sold as a slave. And he was taken by the queen of Egypt. And you know the rest of the story, what happened to him. Now, he, alayhi salam, as a prophet, Yusuf, saw a dream. And that was the dream that brought his demise with his brothers. Okay? He said, A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Ya abati, O my father, inni ra'aytu ahada ashara kawkaban, wa shamsa wal qamara ra'aytuhum li sajideen. Oh my father, I have seen 11 stars or planets and the sun and the moon. I have seen them prostrating before me. Strange to see a sun and a moon and stars prostrating for you. What does that mean? That they left the heavens and they came and sat on the ground in front of him. That is his, his way of seeing it. They're sitting on the ground that they are making suit for him. 
And subhanallah, if you read the surah at the end, when Allah put him in a position of leadership because of his honesty and truthfulness, and his father and his mother and his brothers came forth, he took his father and mother to the stage where his throne was sitting. When his brothers followed suit, they all prostrated. There, he said to his father, Oh, father, this is the explanation of my dream. This is the explanation of my dream. Because now he's in a position to explain dreams. Because Allah taught him. So here the Prophet seen a dream that came reality. And I encourage all of you to read Surah Yusuf. Okay. It's really beautiful when you read it. In the beginning of the surah, he has seen the dream. Eleven stars and the sun and the moon prostrating before him. At the end of the surah, his father and his mother and his brothers who have done this to him, they all prostrated before him. He was in a position of power. Allah wanted to show him, okay, earlier on in childhood, don't worry about what they do to you. For there will come a time they will pay homage to you. And they did. When he was taken to Egypt and put in the prison, in the prison, there were two criminals who entered the prison with him in his cell. One of them, in fact, was a killer who killed somebody. Okay? Now, anybody who we say, for example, well, these are criminals, evil people. They cannot see dreams. But on the contrary, they were dreaming. So they came to him one day and they said, Look, we see in you signs of righteousness. You are a good man. We see you as one of the righteous. Could you please explain to us our dreams? One of them, so that in the palace and serving the gathering with the king of Egypt a drink and the other saw in his dream that there is bread on his head and the bears were eating from it he told them knowing at the beginning that his father told him okay that Allah will bestow upon you the understanding of the dreams and the explanation of what people see or you see yourself for you will be inheriting that what your parents have achieved before you. Ishaq is mentioning his own father. Yaqub is mentioning his father Ishaq and Ibrahim salam. This is mentioned in the surah. Now subhanallah at the end of the surah, he will say himself, Oh my Lord, you have taught me and allowed me an understanding of how to explain dreams. Oh my Lord, you have taught me and allowed me an understanding of how to explain dreams. From here, the scholars say, his father was asking him to be patient for Allah will teach him that knowledge. And at the end he confirmed that Allah has taught him how to interpret dreams. So literally 
The best people in interpreting dreams are those whom Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has bestowed upon them the understanding of how to interpret dreams, like Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam. Now the criminals, straight away in the prison, Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam explained their dreams for them. He said to the one who was serving, he said, you'll be freed and you will be working in the palace and you will be serving. However, could you please remind okay, the king Al-Aziz that my case should be looked into. I have been put in prison and no judgment was made against me. No court case has taken place. Remember me to him. He was freed and he forgot. He was just doing his job. Then the other one, he said to him, you will be crucified and the bird will be eating from your body. And that's what happened to him. So his dreams, explanation was perfect. Exactly what he said took place. The ruler of Egypt or the king of Egypt saw a dream. And this is a funny dream. He says, I saw a big, okay, seven fat cows. I saw seven big fat cows and seven weak cows. But the seven weak cows were eating the flesh of the seven big fat cows. Doesn't make sense. Cows don't eat cows. They eat grass. Second thing, how could the weak ones overcome the stronger fat ones? When the king saw this dream and told his people about it, his people said to him, forget about it. Your dream doesn't make sense. It is just meaning it is a collection of things that you are worried about and they were put together for you to see and they have no meaning and they have no value. You should just forget about it. But he was worried. He knew it means something. When Allah told us this in the Quran, he is trying to tell us that dreams are important. Although Yusuf is a prophet, he dreamt. And everybody might agree, yes, because he's a prophet, he can dream and his dream can come true. But the two criminals dreamt. That can confirm anybody can dream. And then the king himself dreamt his dream. Now the king was so anxious to know and suddenly while that guy was serving he says I know to the king somebody who can interpret the dreams. Who? Said Yusuf. Tell him. So they went and told Yusuf about the dream in the prison. He said well I can interpret it. And he told them that there will come seven years whereby the land of Egypt will produce a lot. But the seven years to follow, there will be a drought. And therefore, what they need to do is to save themselves from those seven okay, good years, they should save a lot for the seven drought years. When the king hears this, he was relieved that his dream is good. So he said, bring him to me. And they brought him. And Yusuf asked for his case to be looked into. And the king immediately acknowledge the situation his wife who put him in the trouble that he was in 
acknowledged her mistake and asked Yusuf to forgive her. For she was guilty. And subhanallah, when that was settled, he said to Yusuf, what do you need? Yusuf said, if there is one thing to fulfill your dream, by the way I interpret it, I am trustworthy. Allow me to be the one who will be responsible okay, for your treasury. And subhanallah, he was the best for the job. And this is why his brothers were coming. When the drought time came, his brothers were coming so that the story links so that his brothers, when they come, they question, they ask, then they'll be caught and a solution will come, inshallah, for the problem. So here, three things you need to think about carefully. Number one, any one of us can see a dream. Number two, the dream could be seen as it should be and you know exactly what you are seeing or it could be something that has no meaning. And you get worried, what is this? Number three, that all dreams, as long as they are seen in the right time and interpreted properly, they carry a huge meaning. Now this is from the understanding of the Quran from Surah Yusuf. Allah is telling us this. Did other prophets see dreams? Of course they did. Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam. As Muslims we know, when we go today to perform our hajj, there are many rituals that we must trust in, believe in, and we must carry out. They are a part of our hajj, and without them our hajj is not complete. They all come from a dream. For us who didn't go to hajj, and who are responsible Muslims, when we sacrifice Yom Eidul Adha, in the day of Eidul Adha, that sacrifice that takes place by ourselves is from the ru'ya, from the dream. When Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, said, okay, to his son Ismail, Ya Bunayya, inni ara fil manami anni adbahuk. Ya Bunayya, oh my son, indeed I see in the dream that I sacrifice you. Ya Bunayya, inni ara fil manami anni adbahuk. What did he say? Qala ya abit fa'al ma tu'umar. Oh father, do what you have been commanded. The whole situation there, because Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, was the man who grew up in a house whereby his father, his uncle, and all of them were going out of their way to make idols, to worship idols, to encourage others to worship idols, all this time, all this time, okay, he did not have any inclination towards what they did or what they worshipped. He was absolutely pure in his way. His heart was only for Allah. His story is amazing because he never thought there is anything beside Allah to be worshipped. And Allah guided him to that truth. And subhanallah, he, alayhi salam, when suddenly began to realize he's getting old and he wanted somebody to inherit his knowledge, he asked Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, to allow him and to give him, okay, to allow him and to give him a son who will inherit his knowledge. And subhanallah, Allah gave him that son in the shape of Sayyidina Ismail alayhi salam, not from his first wife Sarah, but from the wife chosen by Sarah herself, the girl who used to be living with them, Hajir. And then Allah, when he noticed 
Sayyidina Ibrahim alayhi salam was taking a lot of time looking after this little son and his life now is shared with a creature. So Allah wanted to test him. Is he pure? Is he clear in the love of Allah rather than the love of the creature? So he asked him to take his son and his wife and put them in a land where there is no plantations. There is no water. And he went and put them in the land of Mecca today and there he was commanded to leave them. And he left them. The significance of that okay, <coughs> is to see whether he is going to be worried not to trust what Allah is telling him. So he left them and then he came back again. And his wife said to him, why? He said, I find it hard in my heart. You are the woman and he that the baby and I know the provision you have is very little and this is a land where there is nothing. There is nothing to eat nor to drink. I can't leave you. She asked one question to show that she was inspired from Allah. Allahu amaraka. Did Allah command you? Am hadha min indik? Or this is from yourself. He said, Bal huwa min indillah. It is indeed from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Here, it shows that at the end of Allah, at the end of the day, Allah's hand is in the situation with her. Allah is commanding her to say what she said. So he became stronger, he went, he climbed into a hill, looked down at them and prayed. Ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to keep them safe. So subhanAllah he left. And after a while he was asked to come back. When he came back, he couldn't believe it. The place which was empty, it's busy, there's a lot of people, a lot of animals, and life was normal. So he went there, his son was quite old. In all that joy he had, Allah still wanted to make sure that there is nothing in his heart but himself. Okay? So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala this time, rather than making it direct to him in the dream. Because the prophet could see in reality of our physical life or they could see it in the other parallel life of the dreams. So in this time he, he saw Allah in the dream. Can we see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in our dreams? Of course we can. Some people think, how come? You can, if Allah allows you. Many did. Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal radiallahu ta'ala said, I saw Allah how many times? 99 times in the dreams. MashaAllah. This is something to be happy about. So subhanAllah, Allah is telling Sayyidina Ibrahim salam, okay, if you really love me, if you really have nothing in your heart beside me, prove this to me by taking your son to the valley of Mina outside Mecca today and sacrifice him. As gratitude for me giving you all this what you have. Because he knows his relationship with Allah was close. Ibrahim after all is Khalilullah. Subhanallah, he couldn't believe it when he woke up and it was like a pain in his heart. So, straight away, when he told his wife and he felt that she might resist, she agreed. If Allah is commanding you, you should do. Then he took his son, took a rope, took his knife, and went and his wife was watching from behind the curtain. Knows that 
if this to be fulfilled, her son will no longer be there. But she's accepting the will of Allah, just like when he told her, I have to leave you early on. This is faith, this is Iman. When he went with him, he was having his doubt himself, worried. So when he stood him before him, he said, son, you don't know why I brought you here. He said, whatever that. Explained it. Indeed, I have seen in the dream that I should slaughter you. I always tell the brothers, and especially the kids in the school, if it is today's happening, they will say, Dad, you are crazy. <laughs> or, Dad, we are going to call the police for you. <laughs> or, we are going to call social services. Whatever. But the little boy, who is hardly okay, able to understand and appreciate the magnitude of the situation, he said one thing. Ya abati, if'al ma tu'mar. Oh, Father, do what you have been commanded. Here you could see the hand of Allah again. Because the test, although it is for Ismail in this situation, but the bigger test is for Ibrahim. Will he do it? Because if the son said no, or run away, what can he do? But Allah wants to put him on the spot. So, Allah said, فَلَمَّا أَسْلَمَا When they both surrendered to the will of Allah, Ibrahim accepted the will of Allah that he has to slaughter the son, and Ismail said, do what you have been commanded, and he put him okay, to the side to slaughter him, to the left side usually. You put the animal to the left side and you hold the knife with the right and you cut. We have called him, O Ibrahim. Indeed, you have fulfilled the dream. Now, here is a very, very important thing. If you see a dream that has a significant meaning of you fulfilling anything you must fulfill. You can't just ignore it. Imagine your father is away, or your mother, or a brother, whatever, and suddenly you see in the dream that they are in trouble, you should go and fetch them. You don't, you don't just say, ah, it's just a dream. You should at least inquire what's going on. And today's world is easy. You can pick a telephone, you can send a text message or an email. Say, are you all right? Why? Because I saw a dream I should go and get fed. Because believe me, there is a lot of significance in what we see even today. But do we understand it? Are we close to appreciating what we see or not? That is in the hand of Allah. So here in the story of Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, and Ismail and the fulfillment of the dream okay, by Ibrahim willing to slaughter his son Ismail because he saw Allah telling him to do so it becomes one of the sha'air, one of the rituals of the part of Hajj that cannot be complete without. And Allah said in the Quran, وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ إِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ And whosoever magnifies within his heart and appreciates the position of doing these simple little things by sacrificing, okay, by going to Mina, to Muzdalifa, to Arafah, and doing all those things and throwing the stones, it is a sign of piety in the heart. A sign of full faith from the believer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we don't take dream lightly. Further on, there are many others, but the Quran speaks okay, about Sayyidina Muhammad and his dream okay, in Surah Al-Fatih when he saw that he will go and do his Umrah and then they will shave their hair. And he did, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. All this Allah tells us 
in the Quran to give us an understanding that what you see in your dream, don't consider it as something that has no value or no place in your daily living of today or what will happen in the future. But it is indeed a part of your living and maybe a part of your future. You are learning from it or you will learn from it. Take it seriously and find ways of interpreting what you see. If the dream is clear, it's clear. If it is not, then ask somebody to interpret for you. Indeed, in the dream of the Aziz of Egypt or the king of Egypt at the time, there is many who will say this is an odd dream because no cows could eat cows. But Allah is telling you any dream could be true. You understand? In the dream of Sayyidina Ibrahim السلام, slaughtering his son, somebody might today wake up in the morning and say, last night I have seen myself slaughtering one of my children. And it's an evil dream. But the interpretation is totally different when you do it from yourself or when you are commanded to do it. All these need interpretation. Now, the interpretation could be from the Quran. The interpretation could be from the Hadith. The interpretation could be from the Amthal, the sayings okay, of the people where the dream is being seen. Or by interpretation that come from the life and the living of the people where you are. We have different things than the people in the past. People in the past used to dream of things. Camels, perhaps. Saddles. Swords. Maybe today people, when they dream, they dream of their iPhone, uh, their tablet, or their internet, or in the underground. You see? And I don't think people in the past used to dream like that. Nobody in the past, suddenly I, all the dreams I read, nobody have said, well, I saw myself flying in a Boeing 707. No. They saw themselves flying or riding on animals that fly like the Burak, but according to what they have. So we need to find ways of linking what we see today with the knowledge that comes in the Quran and the Sunnah and interpret it likewise. So when you see that dream, okay, the person who will interpret it from the Quran, just example. If somebody sees in the dream eggs, just just you suddenly you dreamt and you suddenly you saw eggs in your dreams. The scholars say eggs in the dreams literally mean women. Because Allah says so. Allah gave an example of women by putting that in the Quran. Or if you see just suddenly rocks, you are in a rocky area, you see a lot of rocks. It means harshness because the Quran says so. Or you see meat that is not being cooked, full of blood. It means backbiting because the Quran says so. Or you see a lot of keys. It means money or a treasure is coming your way. Okay, don't go all tonight and dream of keys and say, Sheikh, I'm waiting for my treasure. <laughs> don't come to me. <laughs> or you see yourself in a ship or you see a ship. It means safety. So if there is difficulty, trouble in your life, that means it's safety. Or you see suddenly in your house or in your town or in the country where you are, a king is visiting or a king is coming. That means there is troubles coming your way. If you see beautiful garments in the dream, it means women. This is just from the Quran. There are many. 
But you can't just suddenly straight away. Somebody comes and says, Wallahi, last night, mashallah, I saw this beautiful egg sitting there. Mm. A beautiful woman coming your way. <laughs> That's a bit silly because the dream interpretation needs that yeah? It needs more understanding. It's like an equation. You need to understand the situation, the time, the person who saw the dream, the, uh, the condition that they are in, their trouble. The person who interprets the dream, really, he's a, a professor in his field. He knows exactly what he's doing. <laughs> yeah? And I'll tell you in a minute exactly what I mean. From the hadith, if you saw, for example, a raven, it means somebody who's a sinner who sins openly and he doesn't have shame about his sinning. If you see a mice, or as they call them, misses, little ones, or a rat, it means a woman who's doing wrong in the society. Fasiqa is what we call her. Because this is for the Prophet Hadith. I don't want to go and quote those things, but you can find them. If you see a rib, it is also a woman. Because the Prophet says so, a woman is created from a rib. Okay? If you see suddenly just a, a step on the ground to also mean a woman because Ibrahim alayhi salam okay when he came to his son and he did not find him he said to his wife before he left when your husband come tell him the old man who come to visit asking you to change your step and when he, he told him he said ah I understand what my father means the step is you and to change you means something wrong and the way you treated him it means that I should exchange you you should return back to your family. And that was a long story. Okay? Interpretation that come from yani, sayings, for example, in the sayings we say, yani, this person have a long hand. It means he's a generous person. So if somebody suddenly in the dream you see yourself, your hand is reaching that door, it doesn't say, my God, something is going to happen to my hand. Something is wrong. Maybe somebody's going to pull my arm or whatever. No, it means you're going to be a little bit generous more than your usual way you're going to give if for example you see yourself going and cutting wood or gathering wood okay that means you're going to go around spreading rumors if you go about okay finding yourself in the dream not standing straight feeling sick okay being ill okay it means you have signs of hypocrisy or you're going to be a hypocrite you have to be careful okay if in any case somebody is throwing you with stones, throwing arrows at you, shooting you like today with guns in the dreams, okay? That means this person you saw doing this to you is going around saying bad things about you. Some of the interpretation, and I can go on. But the opposite is also the same. If you see yourself in the dream crying so much, you think, oh, something miserable is going to happen. No. In the real situation, the crying means happiness coming your way. And vice versa. If you yourself happy, dancing, jumping in the dream, say, Astaghfirullah. Something is going to test you. Sadness, depression is coming your way. What is going to bring it is up to you. You need to watch. So when I see my dreams, I try to act upon them and straight away do something. Okay? If you see yourself suddenly being put in a grave, it has many meanings, but one literal meaning from the scholars, it means you might go to prison. And vice versa, if you say yourself going to prison or you're in prison, that means you're gonna die. Some people, when they see it, they say, Sheikh, last night I saw myself dead. Wow. Really? Am I gonna die really? No, you're not gonna die. You're gonna live a long life. <laughs> so, 
it is not easy to say this means this or this means that. This is just I'm giving you an indication so that I feel everybody is rushing. And today, even in the Western world, they're so surprised and amazed by our dreams. They're doing tests in hospitals. If there's any doctor here, they know that. They are doing everything. I promise you, now, while we're sitting here, there is tests being run all over the world in big laboratories trying to find answers for dreams. People are paid money for it. Okay? But there are people who are dreaming. Real dreams. And seeing what is happening to the world. What they can do to change the world. I know some people. They are knowing exactly what's going to happen tomorrow. If there's a volcano, they know it's going to happen. If there's a flooding somewhere, they're going to happen. If somebody's going to be killed. What you see in the news, the headlines, some people dream with all those things. And they see them. Is it good? It's bad. It's really frightening. Never ask Allah to show you what is going to take place in the future. Because when you see it, and then suddenly you're sitting and then you hear it happen, it's going to kill you inside. Because you feel, I could have done something. But you couldn't. Not in your hand. Alright? So, this is something that you need to think about and reflect upon because if you don't, you're going to be, okay, thinking later on, I wish I did. Now, if you dream about people, should you tell them or not? It is a tradition of all prophets, and we learned just now from the story of Sayyidina Yusuf alayhi salam, that Ya'qub alayhi salam, the father, used to ask them, what did you see? The Prophet sallallahu in his mosque, in the morning after Fajr, after they do the zikr on the sunrise, before they pray, their ishraq prayer and leave, he used to say, who have got good news for us? To teach us today that it is unacceptable to relate to people bad dreams you saw about them. But unfortunately, today we go to people and say, oh, Brother Ahmed, I saw you in a bad dream last night. You shouldn't say that. When you see any bad dream about anybody or about yourself or generally a dream that you don't know, you just tend to your left without spitting, you go three times. And bury is there. However, if you see a good dream about yourself, if it is clear for you, good, imagine you saw the Prophet in your dream. It doesn't need interpretation. What should you do? Get up, pray to Raga'at, and thank Allah for that. And go and give something out in charity. Your father, your mother, your uncle, your auntie, your whoever, dies. And suddenly you see them, and they speak to you and say, Alhamdulillah, I'm in heaven. I'm in good condition. That's a good dream. Pray to Raga'at, thank Allah, and give something in charity. Okay? All these good dreams, when you see them, thank Allah, and give something out in charity. If it is a bad dream, you turn to your left and speak three times, A'udhu Billahi Minash Shaitan Rajim is gone. If it is about somebody else, good dream, tell them. Some people come to me and say to me, Sheikh, I saw a fantastic dream about that person. I said, wow. Did you tell them? No, Sheikh. Why? I'm worried they will have a big head then. <laughs> you are a jealous, envious person. You are wicked to the core. You are the one who is envious and jealous, not him. Go and tell them for goodness sake. Leave them. You're making them. If you see a good dream for anybody, even if they are in Thailand, okay, or Australia, America, or South America, ring them and say, or send them a text message. Send them a email. I saw you in a beautiful dream last night. Give them the good news. For Rasulullah said, Bashiru wa la Always give the good news and never give the bad news. 
بشروا ولا تنفروا so this is something that you need to think about seriously and do لا that's different أحمد is trying to create some problem he said the person says take the dust and throw it in the faces of those who praise people now this what he meant by that one somebody who comes out of his way the leader the prime minister the council leader uh, the community leader the imam in the community who's wicked who's evil who's oppressive suddenly he comes and everybody dislikes them and somebody stands up and says mashallah the best man the good man look at him mashallah this kind of people just throw dust in their faces <laughs> because they are doing it for the dinar and the dollar and the sterling they're not doing it for allah subhanahu wa ta'ala okay i'm going to tell you two dreams today we live in a world which is confused if somebody dies and please i beg you if i die i tell my family i'm not going to be buried i don't want to be buried here i want to be buried in my land so my daughter sitting there this is my wish my body should be taken to sudan and buried there but however when somebody dies today you go to the people's house to give condolences to the relatives you find people sitting either quiet doing nothing the family is a, of course upset maybe some crying maybe it's just keeping silent and the guests coming sitting doing nothing or they're sitting there eating drinking or gossiping or in the worst cases talking ill of the person who died <laughs> and subhanallah there are some of the elders who come and say shall we do a khatam quran for this person there are young clever clogs no 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 bid'ah haram shouldn't do that mahrud mashallah reading quran is bid'ah where this come from i don't understand now is it better for people who are sitting there to open a quran and read even just for themselves or to sit and gossip or to sit and be silent if you come to my funeral or come to give condolences i'll be very upset if you start there gossip or remembered bad things about me or did not ask allah to forgive me if you know something bad about me because that means something is wrong i need your mercy before the mercy of allah i need your mercy your mercy comes to me by you making dua for me begging allah to forgive me asking allah to show you me show me mercy and therefore rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam says if a person dies his book will be closed from all deeds good or bad except for three a righteous child who will pray for them a charity that they leave behind as long as it is benefiting the community the deed will be written or a book they have written that people are benefiting from as long as that book in circulation they will get the good deeds i'm not a writer i didn't write a book i didn't leave any charity behind so that i can get benefit from i have a child and that child sit in the middle of the house and when the people come and say shall we do khatam no astaghfirullah bid'a what kind of a child is that what kind of a child is this i don't want a child like that i want my child to do this bid'a for me <laughs> i'm saying it now and you are my witnesses you understand if i die you come and say look the sheikh says do the bid'a what is it read quran khatam for him number one the best dua to make is after completing a whole quran if why in ramadan you find people running for tarawih some people only come at the last night the 27th why it's laylatul qadr so what the khatam of the quran but you could sit at home and do your dua no 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 
they have read the whole Quran, the dua is going to be acceptable. People go to Mecca, to Medina to get that. Is it only in Ramadan, in Taraweeh, when we finish the Quran? We should finish the Quran every day. If we can. Usman ibn Affan used to pray the Quran every day. Read it every day. For those who are excellent in their recitation, they can recite it at least in three days. Those who are medium, in seven days. Those who are weaker, in ten days. Or fifteen days. And the weakest should read the Thapara every day or a Juz, a chapter every day in a month used to complete the Quran. If you can read the Quran in Arabic and you don't complete it every month, cry for yourself. Because definitely, if your children said, we're not reading for you, it's bid'ah, you deserve it. You didn't read the Quran. Nafisa bint al-Husayn, okay, in Egypt, it is reported that she recited the Quran where she's buried today 500 times. The scholars of the Quran go from all over that to go and visit her most because when you go there, you feel you are in Jannah. Did you been there? Have you been there? Beautiful place. You feel all the scholars sitting from all over the place. This is a woman. 500 times she completed the Quran. Now, this is story I'm going to tell you is about a lady called Bahia. This woman was a good woman, a good Muslim, and she was a righteous person in supporting her family and doing the right thing by her children, her husband, her relatives, her community. She died. She left a son. Her son realized he can't do anything for her. But he decided every Thursday night, he will go. It become Friday night after Maghrib. He goes, sit by her graves and make dua for her. But before he comes, all the week, he'd been reciting every day a complete Quran. And he comes to the grave and read for her the dua. Now, she's been seen in the dream. Now, subhanAllah, the scholar who reported the story says that it is reported this woman because she was a pious woman. Before she died, she raised her eyes to the heaven and the people around her bed heard her saying, Ya Dukhri wa Dukhirati, O you who is everything for me and everything I treasure, ومن عليه اعتقادي and the one upon whom I have full faith في حياتي ومماتي in my life and in my death لا تخذلني don't let me down لا تخذلني don't let me down عند الموت at the time of death ولا توحشني في قبري and don't deprive me of company and keep me alone in my grave the worst situation for a person to be in his grave and nobody prays for them and they're in trouble. Sometimes we see some of our relatives in our dream in certain conditions. When people come to me and I interpret, I always say, this relative of yours needs dua. Quick. And there are ways to salvage the situation. And it is good and I'll show you inshallah in a minute. One of the great scholars saw this woman in the dream. He said to her, how are you? I haven't seen you for a while. How did you find your hereafter? He said, well, alhamdulillah, I found my Lord to be very generous. And I'm in a very beautiful garden. 
and I could see my place to go in the hereafter. It's so wonderful. I can't wait. But I thank Allah for my son. What does he do? He reads Quran for me every day. And then he comes to my grave every Thursday night and he completes his khatam and asks Allah to reward me. Through that, I am benefiting. And through that, Allah has given me a high position. Okay? So in this case, the dream could be seen about people who lived and passed away to show their condition after they have passed away. Either they are in their grave being questioned or what kind of condition they are in. I tell you another good dream. This is a real dream seen by a lady who converted to Islam, an English woman. That woman, I tell you, I saw her once, but I had never seen such face of a human being in my life. This woman was just like brilliant, brilliant white, not the white of the skin of the white people, just brilliant white, like real white, magnolia, colors, white colors, you see, when you buy from the, to paint with, just very, very white. What happened to her was amazing. Her dream was not a dream that she saw when she's asleep. She saw it while she's awake. That made her change. But before that, she saw a dream. She's a Christian woman, devoted to Christianity. She loved Jesus and Mary. She lived a life of Christianity. She went to church regularly. She happened to meet a medical doctor from Egypt early on, in the early 60s. She liked him and his habit, and he was a sincere, good Muslim. They came to a conclusion that they should get married. He married her. On the condition that she will raise her children to be Muslims. And will be given Muslim names. And in the house, there should not be anything that is forbidden in Islam consumed. Like alcohol or pork. And she agreed. She did everything he asked. And everything she asked of him, he fulfilled. The children grew up. The father was so happy. And they were professionals, all of them. And the father died. This woman was so sad. She couldn't bear it that she lost her husband, that whom she loved so much, and he was a sincere, good believer in God. She never found any difficult one. He never said to her, convert to Islam or become Muslim. Never. She respected him for that. And he never found any difficulty with her treating him as a good Muslim and his children raised as Muslims. The covenant was fulfilled. She left all his clothes because she could not bear giving them away because she felt if she gave them away, the link between them is broken. So the bedroom as it was, the cupboard are full of his clothes. She opened them as she told us to smell him. She closed it. In the morning and in the evening she go to bed. One night while she's sleeping, she saw Isa alayhi salam, son of Mary, standing wearing very old clothes, speaking to her and saying to her, could you please give me a change of clothes? I need a new garment. She said to him, Oh, my Lord, but I can't. I'm a woman. I only have dresses. How can I give you a dress? And you are Isa. You are Jesus. He said to her, But you can give me from your husband garment. He had 
them gowns, Arabic gowns. Give me one of them. When she realized, she jumped and gave him one. This is in the dream. When he was trying to put it on, from behind her, she could see a man appearing, saying to her, say, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah. She started saying, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Allah ilaha illallah, Ashhadu Allah. And she woke up from her dream crying, and she was shaken. Her children opened their rooms and ran to her room. She was sitting on the middle of the bed, shaken, repeating and crying. They count her, brought water. What wrong? She related the dream. She said to them, look, it is so important now I convert to the Islam. Isa himself asked me to do so. I'm going to. But the one behind Isa who said the word to me, I know in my heart was Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, And I do bear witness he is the messenger of God. But because he came to me and said it to me personally, I must go and pay homage in Medina and thank him in person. She declared her Islam. They prepared everything for her. Her sons went with her to Medina. When she went to Medina, she stood in the Muwajaha, the facing of Prophet standing there, the guard, not knowing, they want everybody to go quickly, say to her, please don't hold. And she's an old woman. She wanted to hold and stand and speak to the person in the grave. And the people were pushing and she suddenly found the moment and she just held the rail. And she says in English, I came all this way, O messenger of God, O Muhammad, peace be upon you and your family. I came just to say thank you. The moment she said that, she saw a hand of light come out of the room, touching her. And she just kept quiet. And her face just changed, the way I saw it when she came back. She couldn't speak anymore. She just related this dream. She saw Yaqizatan. Her dream first was while she's asleep. Now she saw this while she's awake. Guess what? She came maybe after two weeks from her arrival, she passed away. Because usually people, when they see things like that, they can't live. When you see reality, it's gone. Your time is finished. What's the significance of this woman seeing the first dream? Is that Allah wanted her to understand Isa is being replaced by Muhammad The old must be replaced by the new. And she understood and she embraced Islam. Was she understood by the second dream she saw Yaghazatan? Then she's safe. What she came to do was genuine from her heart to show gratitude. And the Prophet acknowledged by the permission of Allah to see him as he is now within his grave spiritually. And that her time is for her to go and meet him in the other world. As many of the companions, when they were dying, they were not worried about death. They were wanting death to come quicker so that they can meet those people whom they love, like Muhammad And in the story of Bilal, when he was dying, there is great lessons to understand. When his wife was sitting there, crying, worried about him, he said to her, why are you worried? Today Bilal will die, but tomorrow he will meet those whom he loves. What he means, Muhammad and his companions. Okay? So in this, it is essential and it is important to understand and appreciate that dreams can be seen for people who are living or people who die. Dream can be seen to benefit those who are alive 
or those who died. Do this and do it not for anything but to fulfill your own faith, to complete your Iman. I'm going to conclude by telling you a dream of a man being seen in a graveyard. This scholar saw the graveyard in his town and he said it so it many times he said he sees in the dream. But this time he saw all the people inside, they're coming out. And they were going and gathering things from the ground. But there is one sitting far away. <laughs> he said, he went to him and said to him, what are they doing? And why aren't you doing like them? He said, well, these are the people who are going and gathering the dua of those who are making dua for the people of the graves. Alhamdulillah, I don't need that. Why? I have a son who recite Quran regularly for me. He is in the market and he sells Zalabia. What is Zalabia? Anybody know what Zalabia is? What is it in English? Donuts. donuts. Who said donuts? Yes. Yeah. Donuts. Yeah. Yes, yes. This is Zalabia. So he said, My son sells Zalabia. So the scholars woke up from the sleep. He wanted to check. This, he went to the market. There is only one man selling donuts. So he went to him. While he was standing, he was serving food, he was reciting. Some, the boy stopped, he knew this is a sheikh, well known. What are you reciting? He said, Quran. What for? He said, Alhamdulillah, since my father died, I promise that while I'm selling, while I'm sitting, people are talking, I recite and I send it for him. Why did you ask it? Subhanallah, I saw your dad in the dream. He is benefiting from your Quran. Keep it on. <coughs> Time passed by, many years. The Sheikh saw the same dream. Everybody was collecting, even the man was collecting. He was shocked. He woke up from his dream. Yes, he didn't see anything else. Yes, all the people from the grave came out and they were collecting the things. He realized they were collecting the dua of people for them. So he went to the market looking for the sun. He couldn't find him. He asked the people, where is the man who sold the donuts? Ya Sheikh, didn't you hear what He died. The significance of what I'm telling you, as long as somebody is praying for you, you benefit. If nobody is praying for you, you'll be in difficulty and trouble. Allah said in the Quran, there are those, when they pass away from this earth and they are buried deep down the earth, the heaven and the earth will be crying over them. However, there are others, neither the heaven nor the earth will cry over them. So may Allah make the heaven and the earth cry over us when we die for the good that we did and they witnessed for us. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq to pray for our ancestors, our parents, our children, our cousins, our relatives, anybody who dies. I always pray for everybody. Oh Allah, forgive the believing men and women, the Muslim men and women, those who are living and those who have passed away. Never be mean or greedy not to pray for people. So may Allah give us tawfiq and success. If you have any questions, not about anything else, but about dreams. I have children in the school. You are relating something to them and one of them put it on the Yes, my auntie came yesterday from Pakistan. For goodness sake. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking about Sira. What's the good 
Okay, so don't get out of the line. Tell me about the, any any question about dreams. Yes. Oh, very good question. Aisha radiallahu ta'ala anha asked the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Ya Rasulallah, I do dream, but I forget my dreams. He said to Aisha, before you go to bed, read this dua. Allahumma arini ru'yatan tayyibatan salihatan wa dhakkirniha wa la tunsiniha. Oh Allah, allow me to see a dream that is righteous and good. And remind me of it and never allow me to forget it. If you want to write it down, I say it slowly. Allahumma arini Allahumma arini Allahumma arini ru'yatan tayyibatan Allahumma arini ru'yatan tayyibatan salihatan salihatan Allahumma أرني رؤية طيبة صالحة وذكرنيها 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 ولا تنسينيها ولا تنسينيها اللهم أرني رؤية طيبة صالحة وَذَكِّرْنِيهَا وَلَا تُنْسِينِيهَا Oh Allah, allow me to see a righteous good dream. Oh Allah, allow me to see a righteous good dream. Oh Allah, allow me to see a righteous good dream. And remind me of it. And remind me of it. And never allow me to forget it. And never allow me forget it this is one way the next way is always before you go to bed make sure you have prayed your prayer if you are praying make sure that you make istighfar in fact there is a hadith of Rasulullah who says if you didn't have the time to make a lot of istighfar although more of it is better the one who says before he goes to bed three times, Astaghfirullah al-Azim al-Ladhi la ilaha illa huwa al-Hayya al-Qayyum wa atubu ilayhi. I seek forgiveness from Allah, the living, the eternal. The one that is none worthy to be worshipped but him. And I do repent unto him. Whoever repeats this three times, Allah will forgive all his sins. Easy. You know it. You don't need to write it, do you? Astaghfirullah al-Azim الذي لا إله إلا هو الحي القيوم وأتوب له. This is very famous استغفار three times. However, I always think that doing more is better. The Prophet said, "O oh, you mankind, tend to Allah and ask Him to forgive you, for I tend to Him every day a hundred times." So at least استغفر الله العظيم استغفر الله العظيم a hundred times is good for you. Another thing to do before you go to sleep, repeat. Salawat for Rasulullah. Keep keep it on, keep it on while until you sleep. Or one good way as well, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Repeat Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim until you sleep. Okay, then inshallah you'll be in a good condition. Any other questions? I have questions. Yes, please. I can't see your face. <laughs> Who's there? Mm-hmm. Oh, Assalamu oh, alaikum, sister. Yes, yes, sister. Um, if you have repeated dreams, <laughs> continuous repeated dreams like from childhood and like. The same dream. Same dream every year, every year. Yeah, that's good. There's nothing wrong with that. That means this is an emphasis in your life.
to realize the importance of what Allah is trying to teach you. Okay? It's, it's just emphasizing for you the importance of the situation. So you should not neglect it. You should try to interpret it and find the interpretation and carry out whatever is required in that dream. It's good to see the dream more than once. Yeah. When I was young, I used to see the same dream all the time. Guess what? It came true. The same dream. I wish I can see it now. It's good. I'm telling, telling you. It's so good. I can't tell you, but it's good. Uh, yeah. ask yes, please. You know, before when you were talking about Hajj. Yes. Um, and the ritual of Hajj. Yeah. The throwing of the stones, the three stations of the throwing of the stones. Is it is it true that this is where the Shaitan? Yes. Was. Um, he came to you, Ibrahim. Said to him. To Ibrahim, that don't listen to, don't kill your son. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is. Are these three yeah, yeah, that's that, that's three dreams. He came to Ibrahim asking him, "How could your Lord, who is most merciful, ask you to kill your son?" He came to Hajar, "Is your husband going crazy? How could Allah tell him to kill his son?" He came to Ismail and tried to stop him from not. Subhanallah, they all did not listen to him, and they went and fulfilled the dream. And Allah replaced the slaughter of Ismail by a ram that Jibril brought from the heaven. Otherwise, there will not be any men living to the will all be slaughtered. Okay, any other questions? Mm. Yes? Sometimes I see a dream of people that I'm teaching very good dreams. Sometimes I see a dream where the person is still trying to work things out and not sure. And what, rarely I see a dream that maybe this person is not for the circle. So in these three, I don't feel like telling anybody a dream. Can I get away with that? No. If it is encouraging, you see, for you, because you are teaching, it is, it is to guide you how to go about it. A lot of the teachers who taught me, their guidance sometimes for me come by ilham, by inspiration from Allah. But sometimes by guidance from those before them. Now, for example, if Allah wanted you to guide somebody whom you are benefiting, Allah will show you the status of that person and you will get to know how they are doing. If they need to be, for example, directed towards something that they are not doing, maybe Allah will show you that. If what you gave to them or told them is of benefit, maybe Allah will say, yes, that's good. Maybe increase or uh, if it is not really helping them, maybe to keep away. So you will not tell the person, look, I saw this dream about you telling me to do this and that. But you will do the job because you know exactly what you are doing. You know the person and you understand the dream. So you will, because it is about this, that person in front of you. Yeah? And that's it. So if, for example, if I see you in the dream and in the dream that you are reading every day specific surahs or verses of the Quran and they are very good for you. I will ask you, Ahmed, what verses, what surah that you will tell me? That's it. Never stop them. If you ask me why, then it is up to me to say to you yes or not, but I'll encourage you to carry on with the verses. If I see you in the dream doing something that maybe it's stopping you from opening a door of mercy for yourself, I will try to discourage you from doing that. If it, I don't need to tell you, well, I saw a dream about this and that. But if the person is general, I don't know them, I have no dealing with them, but I see them, I, I'll tell them. I saw it. But if it is something worrying, you don't. You never worry the person about your dreams. Yeah. Yes, my sister. If you see fruit often in a dream, what's it? It depends upon the fruits that you Bananas? see. Yeah. <laughs> Bananas? Yeah, banana that means uh, avoid 
the infections of what is taking place, like the flus and the things like that. Whenever you see yellow fruits in the dream, always avoid what is taking place outside. Keep yourself clean. Keep yourself, you see? Our sheikh used to say to us, yani, it is very important this, this day and age because of infections to keep your hand always clean. You don't need to go to the hospital and take all this liquid and put it. Just keep, don't touch things. Don't hold rails. Be careful because there's a lot of things going on. So if you see a lot of yellow bananas in your dream, rest assured that means there's something going on. Well, you want to... about all the different fruits? Like, so does every fruit mean a different thing? It depends, yes. Oh. It depends on how you saw it. Wow. I see. Yeah. Did you see it just there? Did you see it on the tree? Did you see it in a, in a feast? Did you see it just in your home? Sometimes you see yourself holding. And it depends. That Every dream has to be interpreted according to the time and the situation you saw the dream in. Yes? Wa You mentioned that it's not a good idea to interpret our own dreams. Um, but some of us have probably come across this book um, by Ibn Sirin. What do you think of that? <laughs> well, let me ask with you. Uh, Ibn Sirin wrote beautiful things about dreams. He's one of the most beautiful men, but what he did, and if, if you say, for example, the knowledge he wrote about interpreting his own dream and how he interprets them could fit today, maybe, maybe not. Yeah. You can go to the library today and get a lot of books written about dream from Englishmen, who, from sometimes people who don't even believe in God, and they're giving you what this mean, what a spoon mean, what a fork mean, what a car mean, what a plane, yeah? I don't think I will go with that. I don't really like reading books to find my interpretation of dreams. I, I like to follow the system of the Prophet by knowing from what he did himself. That might be worrying for you when you look into these books. I have a lot of people who looked into things and then they come and say, oh my God, you see? It, it worries you more than give you the solution. My, my advice is better find people who can interpret for you rather than you read from the books. <laughs> Anything you need to do, it's always better to find the person. Otherwise, the Prophet could have told us, look, write down these things and pass it through. There is no books written about dreams in Islam. Only Ibn Sirin, and he wrote it because he didn't want to carry the knowledge he knew with him to the grave. A lot of the scholars feel very frightened. They want to give everything here before they leave. Is it wise? Alhamdulillah. Why not? It can be utilized in teaching people the significance of dream and the meaning of dream. There are a lot of knowledge good in it for knowledge's sake. But for interpreting, I will look for somebody. I always look for people to interpret my dreams. Yes. Yes, my sister. Alaikum as sister. Um, Shaykh, you mentioned that there are different types of dreams and also that there's some are divine and sacred and some are from shaitan, for yeah. example. Um, and I'm interested to know both, but also how do we identify which is which is what? Which is what? Particularly the nafs also, yeah. our own yeah. desires. I tell you, if you are very, very, very hungry, and all the night you kept dreaming of shish kebab, <laughs> rest assured it is your nafs. They say, my scholars in Egypt told me, they say, the one who's hungry in Egypt, he will dream of full, full you know, full, Egyptian full, beautiful. The one who's thirsty will dream of a lot of water. However, how do we distinguish between a ru'ya saliha Ru'ya Saliha is always short, vivid, to the point. Whether it is direct or indirect. When you see yourself, for example, in the dream, seeing too many things, for example, you are suddenly in your bedroom, you are searching for something, 
and suddenly you go out, your brother kick you, and then suddenly you are in a car, and then suddenly you see yourself as a baby, and then suddenly you want... all these little things. This is neither here nor there. This is this is what we call adghasu ahlam, a collection of things that come from your own okay feelings within, rather than a, a ru'ya. A ru'ya is just to the point, like these dreams Allah tells us in the Quran. A man seeing bread on his head, bread eating from it. That's it. That's a dream. A man sees he's in a palace serving the people gathering around the king. Yusuf alayhi salam seeing suddenly 12 stars coming down and the sun and the moon. Straightforward. You understand? That when you see a collection of movies in your dream, some people, I, I feel sad. Some people, can I tell you a dream? Please, Sheikh. Okay. And I'm sitting for half an hour listening. <laughs> and I feel sad. It's not a dream. What to say? It's a movie. No dream is a movie. Allah doesn't teach that way. Once your dream goes beyond the limits, forget about it. Your dream should be short. Okay? He says, the very thing Allah started me with to become the prophet and to see prophecies, I will see my dream like the breaking dawn or the breaking morning. Clear to the point. Short, vivid. That's your dream. Anything else, forget about it. This is my way. You were on us, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And which one would be more the shatanic, the verses, trying to like lead you straight kind of thing? Yeah, when you see things that doesn't make any sense, you see, it's strange things you see, that, that have no significance, and, and there are too many of them. But sometimes it might not be significant, but it's short and vivid, yes. Okay, like the king of Egypt dream. Anybody else? Yes, my brother. Wallahi, yaakhi, if it depends if your dream, if your dream uh, is sometimes you see if the dream is good dream, it's good to relate it so that people can benefit from it. Because I have no idea if it's good or bad. But it's uh, I had it was now it was actually quite quite some time ago. But it it seemed very very symbolic. Okay, say it. Uh, okay, there was like a lot of ice flows. Okay. Okay. Yes, it. <laughs> yes, ice. Yeah, that was it. Ice on water. Yeah. And was the ice moving or yeah. standing? Yeah, yeah, they, they were like separate. Yeah, but were well, the pieces of ice moving or standing still? I don't. You can't maybe remember. Moving, maybe, maybe moving. Yeah? yeah. To be honest with you, this dream is not a bad dream for you personally. Okay, it's a very good dream for you. What literally. This dream means for you that your life will not stay stagnant. Your life will move on. Okay? And in your life, you will see things as clear as what you are seeing there. In real life, we as human beings, we don't go to the North Pole and find those wolves or find okay, the bears and hold them from their tails. But that means you, your life will be controlled. You'll be able to control your life, inshallah. Yeah? So it's a good dream for you. Yeah? Yes, of course. You can see him, you can talk to him. Okay? I just said earlier, Ahmed ibn Hanbal saw him 99 times. Okay. Yes, my sister? And then I come to my brother. Let my sister there then. What does it mean when a family member's passed away and then you see 
people in your dream and they send you uh, maybe like a message it's serious mm. that means you should you should remember the message mm. and for example I said it before and I'll say it now I, I, I see some of my ancestors telling me what to do now that's from Allah I pray for them all the time I pray for everybody I know I pray for everybody I don't know I, I like to pray for people in my own way because this brings benefit to you the more you pray for people the more it's good for you so what I think is once you see an ancestor in the dream giving you a message you must understand it and del deliver it. Okay? You should. Yes, you should. And sometimes it is for you, your own person. Sometimes they come and ask you things. Sometimes they tell you to do things. You do it for them. You see? It's, it's the most beautiful thing when you see in the dream somebody who passed away coming and talking to you and telling you things. This is really brilliant. Like the dream I said about that woman, okay, Bahia, saying her son is reading Quran for her. Yes. Yes, my brother. Sheikh, a few questions. One of them was um, the scholar used to teach me before. He said one time he um, was studying in Cairo. His mum and dad lived in Mansoura, and he was hit by a car. But as he was hit by a car, his mum saw it as she was awake, like it was like an epiphany. Yes. Where she saw that. Yeah. Is that something that you're saying is not technically a good thing because she can envisage it, or do you think that that's something that is a good thing? It's a good thing if the person is in a position whereby he can appreciate and accept the situation but if it is going to worry them and frighten them it's not a good thing you see some people are by nature warriors yeah. it's, it's not really nice to see these things because it frightened you it worries you and imagine if everything going to happen that is bad if it's a good good things you see suddenly your brother getting married, you see your sister delivering a baby, you see your uh, cousin passing his exam, you see your yourself, mashallah, becoming the dean of the college you are in. That's nice. But when suddenly you begin to see people having an accident, people being killed, people being chased, people being, it frightens you. And especially when it is real. You see, For him to say that, that means the mother is in a very good spiritual condition. I related to the people here. Yani, there is a brother of mine he was relating to me once said, Sheikh, when I was young in university and I used to have my own room to meditate, I came from university, I sat on the prayer mat and I was doing my normal meditation during the day. And while I'm doing my meditation, I could see in front of me my brother coming in, knocking the door of the room, and then without me saying come in, he will open the door and say, when I turn and look at him, say, your mother had just passed away. He said, the moment I turn my head, while he's sitting, he turned my head, his brother walked and said to him, your mother passed away. Yeah. And he was dreaming it, seeing it, it happened straight away. And, and that's from Allah. This is to show the quality of the heart of that person. It is purity, it is a stand before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these are darajat, stages. All of us have different stages. But even in the lowest stage we are in, Allah could give us an experience of this. If the mother, no, but if the mother knows, it depends upon you, you know your family properly. For example, if I know my mother doesn't want me to marry a better Sudanese girl, and then I said to her, Ma'am, could you please make me a stakhara? I want to marry a Pakistani woman. 
And she comes to me and says to me, look, 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 look. Marrying this Pakistani woman is going to take you into difficulty. You are going to become a Taliban. <laughs> <laughs> so I know, I know in this case, she is biased because she's doing it for her own sake. <laughs> so I will judge it that way. So but if... Is she aware? Did you tell her about it? No. <laughs> no. If you didn't tell her, now that's it. Yeah. No, no, no. If, if, for example, I suddenly walk in to my mother, my mother said, come and sit down, please. I know you are a young man. You are soon thinking of getting married. However, I have seen this dream. You are going to meet this person, and this person is this, and this is this and that, and you have maybe have an intention to marry them, but be warned, my son, because of this, of this and that. I'll take it seriously. I'll take it, because... She had no clue. She just said it. But if she knew, if I tell her, because <laughs> parents usually work upon their atifa, okay, their inclination towards the love of the child. You see, they try to persuade you. Some people blackmail you as well. Yeah. yeah. If 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 son, you're gonna go through with it. I'm not gonna eat from today. <laughs> Are you gonna kill yourself? It's haram in Islam. Well, that's what I'm telling you. You will be the cause. <laughs> She didn't do that, yes, my sister. Um, if, you, if you dream of uh, a deceased person, and in the dream you, you, they're not in a good way, so in the dream you think, oh, that's not good. So within that dream you start to make that condition for that person good, and then they become good. That's brilliant. Immediately that means that person literally needing of your help. Mm-hmm. And if you, if you ever see somebody who passed away in bad condition in the dream, what you need to do is, is to straight away, sometimes they're not even talking to you, you see them, but they're not themselves. You need to make a lot of dua for them, pay in charity for them, whether you know them or not. That means they came to you trusting that you will do something for them. Muslim, non-Muslim? Non-Muslim, some people think we should not pray for non-Muslims. We leave it to Allah. And I always tell people, Isa is our example in that. In the Quran, he will say to Allah in the Day of Judgment, they are your servants if you punish them. However, if you show them mercy and forgive them, you are the most merciful. So whenever somebody comes to me and says to me, yani, somebody from my family died, and imagine I'm teaching in a school where there are children between the age of 4 and 16. Many of them, their grandmothers, grandfathers are not Muslims. Their mothers are convert, their father is convert. I can't say to them, like, I'm so sorry, child, but I'm not allowed to pray for your grandmother. When the other child come to me and say to me, my grandmother in Egypt, in Libya died, and I make a big dua for her, and we read Quran for her in the school. No, I always do the same thing. I put my hand, and I pray, and the children feel so happy. Although there are some children who come and say, you should not ask the sheikh and embarrass him, it's haram in Islam to pray. And the child come to me crying. They said, I should not ask you to pray for my grandmother. I said, who says so? And I comfort them, and I said, look, I'm going to make the best dua for them. But well, Islam is about mercy. This, all this is wrong interpretation. I had never read when the Prophet somebody came to me. Uh, the, the leader of the hypocrites in Medina died. You know the story. His son came to the Prophet and said to him, Ya Rasulullah, can you give me the shawl you are wearing? Why? Because I want to shroud my father on it. The companion sitting there feeling terrible. Pure shawl like this to give to that terrible creature. The Prophet gave it to him. Ya Rasulullah, would you honor me by praying for him? He said, yes. Ya Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, would you shroud him yourself? Did he do or not? He did. 
did it. So I take my example from him, not from any other man. I look at the Sunnah as it is. In this, I'm literal. I don't need an interpretation of anybody else. I don't need somebody to tell me. I know he's the mercy to mankind. If the animals, he was merciful to them. If the animals. Can you imagine our Prophet, peace be upon him, being so merciful to a trunk of a tree when it cried in front of him because he used to sit on it and he was hugging it and massaging it? Today, if somebody does this thing, they're crazy. Go home and hug a tree. <laughs> in your garden, people think you are crazy. Yes, my sister. Alaikum salam. Of course you should. Especially if your dream come true. Why not? Yeah. Well, Monday I was pregnant and I had a dream. Monday night that I had a dream. And my sister ran around me to see the baby. And by Wednesday I had a baby. The baby died. I haven't seen the baby. Allah Akbar. I was really upset. Mm. But one day in my dream, there's a woman holding the baby and I said, this is the baby. Yes, Allah. Brilliant. No, no, no. This is this is this is a fantastic. And I tell you, every baby that you lose, whether they are born and then dies, or they are born dead, they are going to be the key for you to paradise. Because when they are there, they're going to say to Allah, Oh Allah, I want my parents with me. In the Quran there's the proof for this. Allah said, Alhaqna bihim min And we have raised okay those who descended from them to be with them. Anybody can go from your progeny can lift you up. By the way, don't think heaven is one five-star hotel. Heaven is different stages. It has eight doors. Depending about what you have done for that door, then that door will call you. Some of us will be called by one door, some two, some three, some by all the doors. Then you choose where to go, which door you want to enter from. But some of us will go to the highest, where the Prophet is, and come down. But some of us will remain where they are. Those who are in the lower heaven will not be allowed to in the next heaven. Because if they go there, they say, oh my Lord, why does he have a better thing than me? It's our nature. So the one who is in the higher can come and visit you. Unless the person who is in the higher is in a position to ask Allah, oh Allah, I want them to come with me. So you should always link yourself with those who are in good position so that one day they can take you. And I tell you one very good thing you should do for this. You should never carry grudges against anybody. Even if they did the most terrible thing against you, forgive them. For indeed those who forgive, their reward from Allah is only forgiveness and being allowed to do whatever that. And the next, make real brotherhood with people. Allah, I was once sitting in a session when one of the noblest men ever he says, if Allah wills it in the day of judgment and you are genuine and you have no grudges in your heart and you, anybody you come across, they are true brothers to you and sisters, you will give your life to them. In the day of judgment, Allah will call you to stand on the sirat, which is sharper than the edge of a sword, thin, thinner than a hair. Okay? People will fall to the hellfire from it to cross to go to their garden if they have to go. Allah will open it as a bridge. It will be as wide as holding 40 people this way and 40 people this way, like that. Not like this, like that. Imagine how big that is. The span of that could be about 85 meters or more. And you will all walk with those people because that's just, you befriend them as your brothers and you can take them to their gardens. 
So we need to have true brotherhood between us. Indeed, the believers are only brothers spiritually. And then we have no grudges. Our only enemy is shaitan. I don't have any enemy, alhamdulillah. My enemy is shaitan. Everybody else is my brother, either in humanity or in faith or in Islam. Or those who have come from the same womb like me, they're my blood brethren. Okay. Yes, my brother. Yes. Yes, this is why I came to do this lesson today. Stikhara. Now let us talk about istikhara for a little bit and the dream of the istikhara. The istikhara is a request you make to Allah to choose for you. Allahumma inni astakhiruka. Oh Allah, I allow you or I ask of you to make a choice for me. For you know and I don't know. That's the literal meaning. I'm asking you to choose for me. I don't know. You know everything. This is istikhara. However, the Prophet says in the hadith, مَا خَابَ مَنْ The one who will make istikhara will never fail. وَمَا نَدِمَ مَنْ istashar, And the one who consult will never regret. So there is two concepts, istikhara and istishara. Istishara come before istikhara. Consultation come before asking Allah to choose for you. You consult people. You want to buy a car. Alright? You have no knowledge of cars. Don't just make istikhara and go and buy it. Before you go and buy it, ask people who know cars to tell you what model, what car can be economical, whatever. Once you are being given one direction, then you make istikhara. Oh Allah, I have been given the direction to buy this model of this car. If it is good, allow me. Otherwise, keep me away from it. And then Allah will... Either you make that dua and you go and buy. Okay? But the better way is to pray two rak'ahs, and I always say that the salah, Fatiha and Kafirun, in the first rak'ah. Second rak'ah, Al-Fatiha and Ikhlas. This is the salah that we do all the time. For anything, for thanking Allah, for, this is the Prophet Sallam way. Once we finish, Salam alaikum, istighfar, a hundred times, and salawat for the Prophet Sallam a hundred times. And then if you know the dua by the istighfara in your mind, you put your head on the floor, Praise Allah, thank Him, glorify Him, and then make your dua. Allahumma inni astakhiruka bi'ilmika, wa astakhiruka bi'kudratika, wa as'aluka fadlika al-azim, fa innaka ta'allam wa la a'lam, wa taqdir wa la aqdir, wa anta a'lam al-qiyub. Allahumma in kutu ta'allam anna fi hadha al-model. I don't know cars. Give me, give me a model. I don't drive, I drive a camel. What is it called? BMW. Whatever model. Say the model. خير لي في ديني ودنيا ومعاشي ومعادي وعلى تمر عجل واجل فاقدره لي ويسره لبارك لي okay and then you read the dua to say if it is not take it away and give me or replace it for me by something better so the dua literally is saying oh Allah you know and I don't know your choice is better for me if you know this BMW good for me allow me to have it and bless it for me and bless me for it and let me achieve it as benefit if it is not replace it and give me something that which will bring me the benefit that's it. This is the dua of my Prophet. Some people say, but you can read it, you don't need to make the dua and sleep to see a ru'ya. Well, I differ. I differ from people. People can do whatever. I always make my istikhara if I want to make it this way, and I sleep and I read Aisha's dua, oh Allah show me something good. And then, according to what I see, I promise you, it is important 
when I made my dua istikhara to marry my wife or not to marry her, I saw her. Her self. Okay, coming to me. What did she do? She gave me a baby. He's there today. His name is Ahmed. He's a man. I see, married. <laughs> so she gave me the baby. So that means, go ahead. Alhamdulillah Rabbil Alameen. When the baby was to be born, I went to, uh, for a journey, and I came back. I didn't know my wife was pregnant, and in the dream, I saw my wife is going to have a son. So I asked her, are you pregnant? She doesn't know. She was young. She said, what do you mean? I really don't know whether I'm pregnant or not. So I said, oh, look, we need to check because I have a dream that you're going to have a son. We went, and they said, yes, she's pregnant. Okay. Well, subhanallah, it was a son. But before يعني, anything, when the son was born, I, I saw my granddad in the dream telling me what to do. And everything I did. I, when my daughter here, she's sitting, I mean, before, when she was born, I saw him again telling me what to do. And I did for them. And this is from Allah, not me. From Allah, Allah can give you anything. Everything is by His permission. You just need to want it. I want it. I want to learn. I want to understand. I have got an eagerness for knowing everything. Knowledge, by the way, is for everything. You learn everything. So what if you don't see anything in your Okay. If you don't see, that means there is a barrier. So somebody earlier said, what makes you not to see your dreams? Seeing your dreams. So what, what makes you generally not see or remember your dream. Because I said, don't say I don't see dreams. I don't remember them. Imam Al-Ghazali said, if you fill your stomach before you go to bed, it's not good. It makes you forget. To all those students who want to, tomorrow morning go for exam and get up early to revise, don't fill your stomach. And students eat a lot before they go to bed. Don't eat a lot. In fact, ta'asha tamasha. Eat early and sleep with an empty belly is better. Not hungry so that you dream of food, <laughs> but sufficient enough not to be, okay, going that direction so that you can have a, a clear mind. Number two, if you're standing having a shower or having a bath or you are in a place like there is a pond or you are in a swimming pool, for goodness sake, never pass water in a water that others use. Not allowed. Don't pass water. Also, if you are cleaning your house and there is spider web, don't just go tap, 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 <laughs> killing. Because there are little babies. You have no mercy. Remember, this creature, Allah, has given it the opportunity and the honor to build a web in front of the Prophet cave in Garthaur. You should honor it. They say, get those little things and just roll that web and take it and put it outside. Allah will bless you. And al Ghadar says, don't walk in the hot sand barefooted. Don't ask me why. I didn't say those things. But Imam al-Ghazali is a clever man and Allah has taught him a lot of things. Okay? Don't walk about, okay, with your clothes smelling, curry, couscous, <laughs> casseroles, spaghetti, whatever. Some people, some people have got a habit. They sit in the kitchen and every fume goes into the clothes and I think they love it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Although others want to smell, oh my God, what did he eat? Always smell good. كان رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم يحب الطيب. هي صلى الله smelling good all the time. And he loves beautiful smells. بخور and عطر. This is the thing that you should have. Always make your room smell nice. Make your clothes smell nice. I had never seen better people than the scholars who taught me. They always smell good. Okay? Even their beads. 
Always smell good. Does it smell good? I don't think so. Is that it? Alhamdulillah, I'm doing something. Yeah? So we need to. We need to make everything we have. Okay? And if you have a stick you walk with, you should perfume it. Okay? If you don't have a beard, don't have... do you know how the Sunnah of the Prophet ﷺ perfuming himself? How does he used to perfume himself? Sunnah. How did he cut his nail? How did how did he used to do? Show me, show me. Well, maybe this is the Tablighi Jama'at way. If you don't have a beard. He doesn't have a beard. How does he go that way? First time he used to tweet the perfume, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, take a little bit and put it here. Then goes like that, like this, like that, and then he rub it and put it all over. Then he has everything he has, everything. Because be generous, perfume, everything. Smell good. Yeah. I used to have a friend of mine when we came here early to study in the late 70s. We used to go uh, from here. I used to live here, subhanAllah, near here. We used to go to take the bus, go into our college. We pass through Oxford Street, the bus. So we stopped there to change the bus in front of Selfridges. So he said, Sheikh, give me one minute. He used to go inside. Those people say, Perfume? Yeah, yes, please. <laughs> he kept smelling good. What did he do? He said, It's free, Sheikh. <laughs> What? <laughs> Wallah, I said, don't be silly. Come on, nothing is free. Said, what? I, I never buy perfume. I just come here. They perfume him. He goes to all of them. Shh. He comes smelling fantastic. Every day. Uh, that's good. Okay? So, istikhara, by the way, you make it to see. The sister said, if you can't remember, then you ask Allah to remind you and keep away from the thing that will not allow you to remember. Plus, subhanallah, if you wake up in the morning, Usually you wake up in one condition, just normal, routine. But sometimes you wake up a little bit sad. Or sometimes you are very, very sad. In England they say you woke up from the wrong side of the bed. Something is wrong with you. What's wrong with you? And your mother says to you, are you all right? No, I'm not all right. <laughs> in the morning you see kid and say, did you do your Why are you asking me this question? I didn't say anything. I'll talk to you in the classroom. Then I can deal with you properly. So something is wrong there. Or you wake up a little bit happy, or you are so happy you are jumping of joy. People say, oh, what's wrong with you this morning? Nothing wrong with me, I'm just happy. So they say this happiness is to the place you traveled into spiritually. So if you if you do any istikhara through dreams and you wake up in the morning and you can't remember what you saw, register your feelings. If by the end of seven nights, you haven't seen any dream. Once you see a dream, you stop. But if you didn't see any dream, Record or add together. If all what you saw is fantastic, you are happy every day, it's good. If half-half, it's not bad. If it is normal, it's okay. You can go ahead or not. If a little bit sad, there's trouble in the way. If it's very sad, then keep away from it. I will teach you astikhara for you. But do it for yourself and don't talk to people about it. And I promise you by Allah it come true. But once it comes true to you, don't talk about it. Otherwise you will never see it again. This is just for you sitting here. It was given to me and I'm going to give it to you. Alright? Because I learned 40 ways of doing istikhara. Many people, the istikhara, the Prophet taught us the dua is a general thing. So if suddenly I'm in a place and somebody asks me to do something, I'm not in the position, I just read that dua and carry on. Now this istikhara, you do it on Thursday night. Only Thursday night. You pray two rak'ahs before you pray your witr by the intention of istikhara. In the first rak'ah, al-kafirun, 
افتر فاتحه سكند رقعه الاخلاص قل هو الله واحد افتر فاتحه يو سي السلام عليكم يو ميك استغفار 100 تايم اني صيغه اني فيرشن اوف استغفار يو كان جاست استغفر الله استغفر الله استغفر الله واستغفر الله العظيم واستغفر الله العظيم الذي لا اله الا هو الحي القيوم واتوب اليه واستغفر الله واتوب الى الله 70 تايم 100 تايم سوري ذن يو ميك صلوات فور البروفيت سلام And the easiest one, Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali Muhammad wa sallim. Allahumma salli ala Muhammadin wa ali. If you know another version, fine. A hundred times. It's good on Thursday night. For the Prophet said, increase your salat for me in the good night. Then after that, open the Quran and recite Yaseen by the intention of what you want. I want to marry a girl. I want to marry a man. I don't know whether they're right for me or not. Oh Allah, I'm intending to ask you to show me whether this person is good for me or not, I'm going to recite Yaseen with that intention. For the Prophet says, Yaseen lima quri'at lah. Yaseen, it was, what, whatever you intended for, it will be. If you recite it for wanting something, Allah will give. If you want Allah to stop something, Allah will stop it. To show you something, Allah will show you. So here you are asking Allah to show you. Once you finish reciting the whole Surah Yaseen, then count with your fingers. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم four time then you count again ten times بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم بسم الله الرحمن ten times this is fourteen then you do a hundred if you have a bead like this a hundred times my bead is ما شاء الله the latest version okay I've iPhone version five model five but Those cheap ones you get made in Taiwan, they have 99, sometimes they have got 96, sometimes you say Bismillahirrahmanirrahim, they cut off. <laughs> yeah? These are good beats. Yeah? Get, get a good beat. Like, you buy a good car, always buy good things. Don't buy, the Prophet always bought the best things. Okay? Don't be mean when you are shopping, go and buy the cheapest thing in the market. If you have the money, buy the best thing. Yeah? Good quality. The Prophet did, sallallahu alayhi wa So you do a hundred times. My one said a hundred times. Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. When you finish the hundred, then prostrate. Praise Allah, magnify Him, and thank Him. Okay? And then ask Him, Oh Allah, this is my intention. I have recited Yaseen for this reason. Show me in my dream. If this thing I'm intending is good for me, show me light, white, Greenery or running water? Light, white, greenery or running water? For indeed in light or white or just seeing lush green valleys or running water is always mercy. However, if it is bad for me, show me. Blood or red Fire or smoke or darkness, black. I promise you, if you do this and then you go to bed and just read your normal du'as and ask Allah to give you a good dream and to remind you, you will see. I had never done this istikhara. It failed me. Alhamdulillah. You see exactly. If you see yourself in a dark area, If you see a black thing, if you see blood, 
if you see something red, avoid what you want it. It's clear cut. If you see yourself in a green valley, uh, you see green grass, you see green trees, you see running water, you see, okay, white, okay, you see light, then go ahead. You don't need any interpretation. This is the stikhara of the lazy. <laughs> the one who have got no time to ring somebody or Google somebody to give him the meaning is straightforward. This or this, clear cut. The man who taught it for me, I pray for him all the time because I was in a time all the time experimenting different things. And he just called me and said, come here, I'm going to give you something. And I pray for him until I die, inshallah. This is, this is my clear cut. There are many others. Now, alhamdulillah, there are some istikhara they can do by writing. There are some istikhara they can do just by opening the Quran. Some istikhara they can do by my bead. There are different ways. But forget about all those things. Just do this one I told you. But keep it. Once you use it and you get your answer, this Thursday, if you have got anything, all those who have got somebody to marry, go ahead. <laughs> all those who have got a car to buy, go ahead. A job to choose, go ahead. Huh? A journey to make, go ahead. By the way, shall we make istikhara for anything? You ask istikhara for anything. Just like dua. Some people say, I find it shameful to ask Allah, oh Allah, please give me a job. Allah. A companion comes to Prophet and said, Ya Rasulullah, I ask Allah anything. He said to me, Ya Akhi, oh my brother, even if your shoelace is broken, ask Allah to replace it. Shoelace is nothing. A shoe costs 50 pounds, 100 pounds, a shoelace can cost 20 pence. Or you can get it free. You can get it for 10 pence from a, a second-hand shop. You can just go and pick one. Okay, or those one-pound shops. <laughs> pick it. So what you need to do is make istikhara for anything and make dua for anything. Yes? No, stick up one at a time. Don't confuse yourself. Otherwise, you might you might see different things that might confuse you. What interpretation it is? You might be tested. Yeah, don't test yourself. Usually, people when they do these things, they bring more upon themselves rather than make it easy. And I, I gave you this istikhara because this is easy. Yeah, but once you do it and you get an answer, please just keep it to yourself. Because I worry then you talk about it and then you go and say, "Oh my God, the Sheikh gave istikhara." Just clicked it work then they might not allow you to see it again i try things like that and they tell me the sheikh said don't do it and i go and talk about it because sometimes we feel joyous i say yeah ahmed you know what happened you know that, that? this happened and then shh. you are tested yes in this method that you just gave us we don't actually use the istikhara to no i'm making it easy shortcut this is shortcut yes before you that means you are not concentrating before you pray your witr if you pray your witr before you go to sleep after you pray your isha if you pray your sunnah you pray turqa'ah it's biniyat al-istikhara by the intention of istikhara in the first raka'ah they usually say fatiha kafirun second raka'ah fatiha ikhlas assalamu alaykum istighfar a hundred times salawat a hundred times then yasin by the intention for the salam said yasin lima qur'at lah yasin is for tawbah you read it for and then, once you finish, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, 114 times, but 4, 10, and 100. Then you prostrate. Magnify Allah, thank Him, and glorify Him, and then ask Him what you want. And ask Him to show you <coughs> the four things that I said that are good, and the five things that I said are not good. And go to bed, praising Allah, and inshallah you will see. <coughs> yeah? I remember the first time this Sheikh taught me this, I to, just to tell you it's true, 
I dreamt I was in Spain in a dark alley with a floor full of blood and big black bulls. Their eyes are red. Their horns are sharp. And I'm standing, what am I doing? Where am I, I going to go? I just woke up. Oh my God, and I woke up at the time I pray. And I just woke up and I said, Alhamdulillah. I was really going to go through with whatever. Whatever I was going to do, I was going to go through with it. But I thank Allah and I thank that man. You know what I did? I never went through with it. I will never go through with it. I will never. <laughs> it, it looks good. Glitter sometimes. The world is full of glitter. It looks good. Although somebody advised me, and he's to, in my knowledge, he was a good man. But somebody else who was keeping his eye on me said, do this. He didn't say that person, you shouldn't listen to them. When we are learning, you know, there is a lot of jealousy and envy. When we are all learning, going through... The worst jealousy and envy among those people who are trying to achieve spirituality. That's why you see Yusuf brothers were trying to kill him. Don't think you are sitting here, people are not envious, be careful. The people are sharpening their knives. Yeah. yeah. Anybody else with a question? What time is it, by the way? My wife will throw me out of the house. Amina, your mother said, what time is it? 8.30. 8 is all right. Yeah, what, what, yes? Um, I had a question going back to sleep. Yeah. Um, just a couple of questions. Um, one was regarding something that just sort of puzzles me, and um, the closest meaning that they have to it is called sleep paralysis. And um, is that is that to do with dreams? And some people actually have meanings for these things. And sleep paralysis, if I can understand it, is when you are trying to sleep and you are between sleeping and you are still awake, and suddenly your body freezes. Mm-hmm. Is this what I mean? Now I'm going to tell you one thing, and I'm not going to talk about it now until one day we do a talk about the jinn. This is from the jinn. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Um, one day, inshallah, Amina can remind me. Maybe the next lesson we can talk about the jinn. One lesson we'll talk about the malaika. Because this is a really fascinating subject you need to learn about. Yes? Two um, good questions. One is uh, we mentioned not to make two intentions for one single istikhara. Yes. Can one pray to istikhara in the, same, in the same night for two different issues? No, 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 no. No, no, no. I think the best thing is just concentrate on one thing at a time. Don't confuse yourself. Yani, walk before you talk. Yeah, that's the way it is. When a child is born, the first thing he does, okay, he talks, he speaks, he cries out. Second thing he does, he opens his eyes. Why does he talk first? Because he hears. So the hearing is allowed. So he hears all those people around him, oh, good baby, it's a boy. My God, what world I'm coming into? Listen to them. He's frightened, so he screams. Then he opens his eyes. Then he moves his hand. Then he moves his legs. Then he sits. Then he crawls. Then he stands. Okay? Then he begins to take a step. And then the rest is known. Yeah? So slowly, slowly, build, build. I don't know. With this thing, I, I always think, build it brick by brick. Don't just rush and do things that... Yes, smile. Sorry, some, I'm sorry. People dream about me every day. But nothing, nothing, to, nothing to do with me. I didn't really sit down there and say, "Okay, okay." <laughs> Tonight I'm going to come to Ahmed. I'm going to come to. You. No, no, no. Dreams 
is upon your spirit to choose where it goes by the permission of Allah. If why Aisha, Allah or the Prophet taught her, oh Allah, show me that's good. Yeah, take me to the good places. You see, you know, Subhanallah, you could dream. You are in the heavens. You can go to all the heavens. Have anybody dreamt he is in the heavens? Yeah, yeah you dreamt in the heavens. Yeah. Hey, beautiful dreams. You can go and see the Malaika as well. You could dream you are in other planets. You could dream you are in the airs. You know, these airs of ours, we know very little about it. They are very beautiful areas. Allah. I had, in my lifetime, I have beautiful dreams about these airs. I can't talk about them, but it's amazing. Are there other creatures living with us we don't know about them? We know of the jinn. Some of us believe on them. Some of them don't believe on them. It's according to the Oxford Dictionary. It's a, it's a myth, a Muslim myth. It's a myth. I believe there is jinn. But the jinn are there. But there are other creatures. Okay? Living on this earth. Are they living on the earth on top here? What is inside the earth? Is there anything inside? Where is Yajuga Majid, by the way? This is a topic we need to speak about. This is a beautiful subject we need to understand. The dab that will come one day. Where is it? Is it still here? My goodness. And there are many other things. Okay? People are waiting for the jal. Who is he? Is he a human being? Is he a creature from another planet? Is he an alien? With one eye coming to us. I believe in all those things. I studied them. I learned about them. And then in my journey of learning, I saw things. I was taught things. I, so we need to understand all those things so that we can appreciate. So if people dream about me, it's upon them finding something out of that dream. If somebody, if you dreamt about me, I'm advising you something. Oh, Ismail, please, go and visit your mother. Go and visit your mother. If I suddenly, you see me in your dream, I think, Ismail, come and see me, then come and see me. If suddenly you're about to do something in the dream and I appear, but I don't talk to you, but I was not happy, refrain from it. If you see me in the dream and I'm coming and giving you a hug, okay, rest assured you will receive something from me, whether you know it or not, physical or spiritual, and so on. There are different interpretations, so dreams are good. I thank Allah for those people I see in my dreams because at the end of the day, from them I learn a lot of things, okay? Yes, my sister? Yeah. Where's that thinking come from? Because I've had people saying that the only thing that you can carry forward that your dead loved ones is your dua, and not that when you make intention for coming down your Quran and you can't then. That is from the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Those brothers who are talking, they are conflicting themselves. The Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam came to him, said, "Ya Rasulullah, my father always pays his zakah. Can I pay the zakah on his behalf?" He said, "Yes." Another man came to the Prophet and said, "Ya Rasulullah." If somebody passes away, can I do a Umrah or Hajj on their behalf? He said, yes, you can. I can pray for somebody who died. Pray to Allah. I say, Allah write in their books. I can read Quran for them. He said in the Hadith, Sahih, اقرأوا ياسين على موتاكم. Read Yaseen for your deceased. Yaseen Quran or Torah? Is it Bible? It's Quran. All this is, this is modern people whom I don't want them to come to my funeral. Keep away. You come read Bid'ah for me. And I'll be happy. Okay? This is what I was taught. You know, my fathers, all of them are Quran people. I, I wish I'm like them. You know where they are buried? In tombs, whereby every day people read the Quran for them. I wish I'm like them. So if I die in London here, you bury me in a cemetery, 
whether they call it the Garden of Paradise or Garden of Peace, whatever, who's going to come to me there? Nobody's going to come. But in my country, where I might be at least given some dignity, even if I'm buried with the masses there, every car passing by, people put their hand. Salaamu alaykum al People pray. Subhanallah. But if nobody's praying for you, what is the benefit? And by the way, who this was, oh no, the Prophet said, only your son or daughter come. Rubbish. The dua of the brother for his brother or sister in Islam, while they're not with them, is accepted, whether they're dead or alive. Otherwise, why did the Prophet say, Oh Allah, forgive the believing men and women who are dead? Why did he say that himself? Come on. This is really, it is the wrong interpretation. It hurt me when I hear these things. It hurt me. Because you are going to deprive yourself. And I think people who listen to these things, maybe they are not written in the mercy of Allah. They're going to be deprived. You know, one of my grandfathers is buried in his home. And every day, everybody in the house and the neighbors, and whenever we go, we go there and sit. Wallahi, when I sit in the room, it's like, it's like heaven. Because he's buried in... No dogs is coming. No animals are coming. No terrible drunken people are walking in, sleeping in his grave. It's a beautiful place. Look at the Prophet's grave. When you go. Look at Hassan and Hussein, and you travel. You the most luckiest man. You went all over the world visiting just a tumor for these lucky people. When the people of the cave, their people found them in Surah Al-Kahf, what did they say? Let us take them to the cemetery and bury them. Said, we will bury them in a place where people can come and pray and remember their story and pray for them. We don't worship the people in the grave. I don't worship my grandfather, but I wish I'm like him. When you go to Cairo and you visit Zainab, my this Zainab bint al Hussein. Have you ever been to Cairo? Like a woman. Her, her grave is in the middle of the mosque, and every person, thousands, they come and read dua for her. Do you think Allah thinks, no, Zainab, we're not, we're not accepting it for you? What a nonsense. All those who are saying this, may Allah help them. They will question, they'll be questioning the day of judgment. Will the earth cry over them? I don't know. Yes. personal thing so when I was like a child like yes. from maybe three say perhaps five or six I used to dream of the same thing every day okay all these years okay of a woman that comes changes my clothes she dresses me in white and then she goes to my sister and dresses her in a white dress and she leaves and I could see her like we don't meet like near the road kind of like the third door round but as soon as she gets to the road I can see her from there mm. from where I am and and then I never thought much of the dream. And then when I came one day, I was really, really upset at my mom for something. And then I remembered that woman that used to come and shame me. And I told my sister about it. And then she goes to me. She used to come to me. So basically, my sister was having the same dream that I was having. And she said she only remembered seeing her changing me once. But I used to always see her. Like, she used to come to me first and then go to my sister. And then... Um, the last time that she came, I remember she went to change my dad's clothes and then my mum woke up and they had a fight and my mum kicked her out of the house. That was the last time I saw her in that dream. Um, and on honestly, when I wake up, I don't think much of it, but I, tell you I was shocked like years later, like 10 years later or something that I, uh, I remembered this dream. And then my and I was telling my sister about it, and then she was having the same dream as well. I tell you one thing: this is a very good dream, it's not a bad dream. This person is not intending evil or bad for you. Mm -hmm. 
this person is changing your life spiritually without you knowing it. But there are many people in life, they see you and they wish you good. They pray for you. And Allah sometimes gives you the opportunity to see them, but in your dreams. Maybe they are real. I used to see a lot of people who are around. But I see them doing good things for me. But later on, I learned in real life, they were intending that. They were either praying for you or asking Allah for you. They want your life changed. You are from Sudan, our land. There came a time in the 60s when the whole world became a red ocean of communism. Okay? And Saddam Hussein, uh, nonsense of Ba'athism, which you see today in Syria. And all these new ideologies and capitalism and all the isms you can think of. All these things, people then, their life changed. And the elders and the people in the community, some of them were very upset to see people moving away from this beautiful path of living just simple life of Islam. All these ideologies have got no place. Keep away from that. Follow the path of Muhammad Sallallahu because he's following the path of Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala. So in that sense, a lot of the people like that, when they pray, they ask Allah, they want change. I have seen a lot of the younger generation in my time, they used to go to the the, the, not clubs like here where they do haram, but clubs whereby they sit and talk about politics and silly things. But the elders used to pray and pray and pray. And alhamdulillah, I thank Allah I was with the elders most of the time. Many of them, alhamdulillah, changed back again, 180 degrees. So they were saved that way. So this kind of dream is not a really bad dream. When somebody dress you in white, usually that means they are changing your spiritual status from whatever you are going to be, or they are worried for you, or frightened for you, to put you in a better position that you are in. Alhamdulillah, you're a woman who is practicing her religion, and inshallah your sister will be too. And may Allah keep you in that one sense. Yeah, inshallah. Yes? Beautiful. That means you are in a very good condition. Whenever I wake up from my dream reading something, even if a poem, I write it down. Sometimes it is something given to me alone. For me, I, I don't, I'll try to look at it from somebody else. Copyright. Spiritual copyright. <laughs> you want to claim it to yourself. But once I know it is not for anybody else, I put it in my own writing. I have a lot of writing. I put it, this is mine. Okay, and I use it. And it's beautiful. Sometimes they tell you. Okay, I'm going to finish. Please forgive me, I need to go. But I'm going to tell you a dream that I saw. Now, I'm telling you this because dreams sometimes, when they're linked to the upper world, they can bring beautiful things for you. When I was young, one of the things that I really used to yearn for is knowledge. I really have no preference which knowledge. One of my favorite subjects used to be mathematics. People might say, what has mathematics got to do with spirituality or religion? But to me, Every subject is important by its own right. And because I like mathematics, I used to look into the religious subjects, even the Quran tafsir, and see the link between that which is being said and the mathematical equation that I'm learning. And I, see, I used to, once I got into a level whereby I started learning about mathematics within religion, by Abjad Hawas, I used the numbers and I began to write things. And I, everything was calculation. I take a verse of the Quran, I will change it all into mathematics and work on it and count the number of letters, the number of words in the verse. 
And I realized, subhanAllah, I'm not alone. There is a stream of scholars from Ali ibn Abi Talib to my time who were doing those things, but in their own way. And this is a knowledge not for everybody. So that encouraged me. And I was working, working, working. So it came a time I took the name of Allah. And I working on them like that. And Allah lied my witness. One night, I worked so hard about something I couldn't get the end of it. And I had a habit. If I don't get an answer, if I'm solving an equation in mathematics, I never sleep. Until I get it. One day I went to college, there was an equation. And the lecturer says, have anybody sorted it out? Because we spent all day in college, nobody could sort it out. Even the lecturer. And he said he was going to ask somebody. In the morning I came, he said, you look tired. I said, yes. Anybody solve the question? I said, yes, me. It took me almost eight and a half hours to reach the conclusion. By the time I put my head, I got up and I went to college. So that night, when I was doing this research on that name of Allah, I put my head down. It was Thursday night. And suddenly, I was transformed from this land to a desert land. I was strong. I was young. And suddenly, while I was standing, there is nothing. This creature came flying from the heaven. Stop in front of me. The only thing I can remember, he's white. Looking like a man, but he's not a man. I know he's not a man. The only difference, he had not one single hair. Not eyebrows, not a beard, not in his head. He's just strange. And dressed in brilliant, beautiful white. And he's smiling. And then he looked at me and says, what you do is pleasing to us, where we come from. This is the way Allah wants to be known, through knowledge and research. Keep on doing that. But here, out of my own pleasure, I'm to give you a gift. And all what I did in the many years looking and searching, he just opened it. He said, you read it, this number. He gave me the number. And then he said, however, my son, and I know this creature don't have son, meaning my spiritual link, we will read it every day, this number. And then he turned, right, like a soldier, turned to the right, and then again right, and then just, he flew away. And I woke up. And I promise you, I went, and I looked at what I couldn't do, and when I did it, I couldn't stop smiling. I wanted to scream, I wanted to tell the world, wow, Eureka! <laughs> now, how did he know I'm doing this? And Allah, I'm doing it not, I, I just want to know who Allah is. I want to understand, I want to be close to him. I want him to love me. I want him to put love in my heart, to love everything and everyone. I don't want to have any hatred or any troubles. I don't want to carry grudges grudge in my heart. I don't want to be frowning or angry or... Since that day, I realized all this has no place. Live and let live. Life is beautiful. Okay? Hug a tree. Jazakumullah khair. A'udhu billahi min ash-shaytan al-rajim. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Ya Rabbana lakal hamdu wa shukr. Ya Rabbana lakal hamdu wa shukr. Ya Rabbana lakal hamdu wa shukr. Ya Rabbana lakal hamdu. I thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in abundance. May He subhanahu wa ta'ala bless Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by the blessing that He bestowed upon Himself and His angels. And the blessing that he bestowed upon all the believing men and women. 
and the blessing that he bestowed upon all the other creatures from this moment to eternity. A blessing that will be multiplied time over by that which Allah will love for him to suit him as he loves subhanahu wa ta'ala to benefit Muhammad sallam a beneficial that will never be equivalent to anything else. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to show my gratitude to him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam by sending a special blessing from me and you to him alayhi abdullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this night the night in which he was born that Allah will remove all the barriers between us and him sallallahu alayhi wa sallam so that we will be able to have a glimpse of him those who have seen him may Allah allow them to see him again and those who have not seen him may Allah allow them to see him Allahumma ajma'na bil habibi ya qareeb Allahumma ajma'na bil habibi ya qareeb Allahumma ajma'na bil habibi ya qareeb and I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for all those who are seeking knowledge to be given knowledge. Those who are seeking clarification in that which they know in knowledge, Allah will clarify for them. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allow us to always meet and gather only for his sake to do that which will benefit him. May Allah remove all the grudges from our hearts, all the hatred, all the animosity. Fill our heart with his love, the love of his prophets and all those people whom he loves. And may he loves us with that which he has bestowed upon Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive all those who wronged us and may Allah repay them on our behalf. And anybody who wronged me or wronged you, may Allah forgive them. May Allah guide them. Our Muslim brothers and sisters who are suffering all over the world, especially in Burma and in Syria, may Allah remove their suffering and exchange their life by a better life. Especially the orphans, may Allah show them mercy. And the widows, may Allah give them peace of mind. And all those who have been harmed, may Allah remove their harm. And those who are harming them, may Allah give them guidance and remove that which they do to people in harm, Ya Kareem. And I ask Allah to put mercy in our heart to show them mercy. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bless everyone here who is striving to do good. All those who are supporting us in whatever we are trying to do for charity, for the homeless, and hopefully, inshallah, one day for visiting the sick or befriending the elderly, may Allah put peace in their mind and their hearts. And may Allah allow them to be merciful among the merciful. I ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for sakina and amina. Allah will bestow upon them the courage and the knowledge and the perseverance that they will do good. And all those who support them in doing that good, may Allah give them good too. For Amina, she's intending to be married. May Allah fulfill her, her marriage. May Allah join her and Ismail in the best ceremony, not on the earth, but in the heaven too, Ya Kareem. And allow them to have the best of life here and hereafter. And all those who are sitting with me, here seeking to be married, may Allah allow them to be finding the best of partners for marriage. Amen. Those who are married, may Allah keep them with their partners and give them tawfiq and success in dunya and akhirah. And those who have no children, may Allah give them children, Ya Kareem. And allow them to have the best of children. I seek refuge in Allah from all evil, especially the evil of myself. And allow me to be among those whom He will bestow mercy upon to show mercy to the world. وصلي وسلم على سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه وسلم الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا رسول الله الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا نبي الله الصلاة والسلام عليك يا سيدي يا حبيب الله الصلاة والسلام عليك يا إمام المرسلين الصلاة والسلام عليك يا خاتم النبيين الصلاة والسلام عليك يا شفيع المذنبين الصلاة والسلام عليك يا خير خلق الله أجمعين اللهم صل وسلم وبارك وأكرم وأنعم وتفضل على سيدنا وحبيبنا ونبينا وشفيعنا مولانا محمد بصلاة لم يصلي بمثلها مخلوق صلاة تجل عن الصلوات تفوق صلاة المصلين عليه في الأرضين والسماوات ننفرد بها في الدنيا ونفوز بعد الممات صلاة تقربنا بها منك إليك 
تجعلنا بها يا ربنا من أقرب الأقربين إليك من أحب المحبونك رب العالمين وعلى أهله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا عدد خلقك ورضاء نفسك وذنة عرشك ومدد كلماتك بكل لمحة ونفس عدم سعلمك يا الله سبحان ربك رب العدة عما يصيفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين I ask Allah to give shifa to all those who are sick Amin al-Fatiha Bismillahirrahmanirrahim Alhamdulillahirrabbilalamin Ar-Rahmanirrahim Yawmiddin Iyaka na'bud wa iyaka nasta'in Ihdina al-sirat al-mustaqim Sirat al-lazeen an'amta alayhim Ghayr al-maghdubi alayhim Waradda'an Jazakumullah khair May Allah bless me Sorry I had a burning question Sorry I had a burning question Okay, what we need to think about this, they say you will see those whom you long to see. First of all, you need to have the longing for Muhammad Sallam by doing a lot of the things that read about him, read his sira and do all the things. But then, if you are able to Every Thursday night to read As-Salaam Ibrahimiyah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala li Muhammad. Kuma salli ta'ala Ibrahim wa ala li Ibrahim. Warak ala Muhammad wa ala li Muhammad. Warak ala Ibrahim wa ala Ibrahim. Fal'anuk Ahmed al-Majid. A hundred times. You know As-Salaam Ibrahimiyah. A hundred times. Before you go to bed on Thursday night. And keep doing it. Don't do it one Thursday and if nothing happened. Then Allah will bless you. You understand? Please do that. And everybody can try that. I was teaching once in year nine, secondary school. A girl who was very innocent, 15 years old. And subhanAllah, I said to the class, not a lot of the children took a seat. Because one of them asked me, can everybody can see the prophet? I said, of course I can. So when she went, Allah, she came back on Monday. This was Thursday, I haven't told them. And I, she said to me, can I want to say one thing? Thank you. What you said is right. And the class just went silent. So I said, what is right? She said, you said read it, I read it. The first Thursday. She said, I saw the prophet. Reciting on Thursday night a hundred salawat, a salal Ibrahimiyah. Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad. Kama salli ta'ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim. Ubarik ala Muhammad wa ala Ali Muhammad. Kama barik ta'ala Ibrahim wa ala Ali Ibrahim. Fil alamin naka hamid al-majid. Repeat this a hundred times. Do it for seven consecutive Thursdays. I promise you by Allah Almighty God, Allah will gift you. May Allah bless you. I need to go. My wife will be waiting.